All right, guys, welcome to the AMX Superstore's Pro MX Review Show. This is the Maitland Round 4 Review. And as always, we need to give a massive shout out and thank you to the guys at AMX Superstores for constantly supporting our Pro MX race coverage. AMX Superstores are the nation's leading motorcycle retail specialist with over 26 locations. It's growing every time I hang out with them at a round. There's more stores coming. But right now, I think there's 26 or 27 there's stores in WA, Perth, SA, and all through the East Coast. So AMX Superstores have everything you need. Make sure you get in store and see them in person. You can get everything from apparel, boots, helmets, gear, goggles, to consumables with tires, oils, lubricants. They have road, adventure. I know a lot of you dads and different people listening. It's not just about motocross and supercross. Um, so if you're into adventure, if you're into you know trail riding, off-road, road bikes, you name it. AMX Superstores has got you covered. The biggest range anywhere in the country in-store. And um, there is plenty of locations in metro and country areas throughout the East Coast, SA, and now the West Coast. So they got you covered. Narang is my local store on the Gold Coast, and that place is amazing. So if you're on the Goldie or Brizzy area, make sure you go check that out. And uh, if you can't make it in-store for whatever crazy reason, make sure you go to amxsuperstores.com.au. They have a fully loaded, comprehensive website has everything you need to keep your bike and body on the track. And uh, they basically have same week delivery on everything. So if you are looking to keep yourself on track for the weekend or a midweek ride, get on there, grab what you need. They'll have it to you in a few days and uh, keep your bike and body running with AMX Superstores. And uh, we can't thank those guys enough. So amxsuperstores.com.au, drop in store and uh, go hang out with the, the AMX crew at the tent while we do the AMX Superstores Pro-MX um, radio show at lunchtime at every round of Prime X. You can meet the local team at the local shops. They'll uh, they'll hook you up with a deal on race day too. They're doing some killer bargains there. And uh, like I said, massive shout out to those guys. So uh, with that being said, got some killer guests on this uh, show here tonight. Zane Dunlop's co-hosting. And we also have um, Reese Bud, MX2 winner on. We have Lee Hogan coming on to bench race with us. And we also have uh, first career win in MX3 with Jet Allsop coming on as a guest too. Lots of good stuff to talk about. So with that being said, let's get to the show. Okay, kids, you're in for a real treat today. He, he's Jimmy's brother, the guy, the singer. Data never been about that. Never, never been about playing no shit. It'd be like looking over and seeing your, your ex-missus with someone else. Like it's a... There's a few of them going around the pits, I'm sure that's happened <laughs> Do you know what I've been smacking lately? Can we say it on the show? <laughs> Why weren't you more successful? Well, you know, because I sucked, so... <laughs> All right, guys, as promised, welcome to the AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show. This is round number four, the the sort of doubleheader weekend that we had at Maitland, and um, we're going to kick things off. Pretty stoked to have a, a new co-host, someone that uh, has been around the circuit for a long time, and I put the call out. I hit up the, the gram, and I said, hey, if anybody on the Goldie wants to co-host, because Posty's deep in the editing world doing his thing, and um, this guy that you all know, um, MX1, mainstay um 
I guess we call you still a privateer, most definitely. Yes, 100%. It's uh, Zane Dudlock. What's up, bud? Hey, mate. Thanks for having me on. Uh, super excited to be here. No, I appreciate you uh, helping me out, driving down. Yeah, it's not too far. I'm just uh, based in Palm Beach, so... It's a madhouse here, as you've seen. Yes. We're a little behind schedule because my kids are savages and they need to go to sleep. Contraception advertisement. That's what I said. I said, come <laughs> hang out because you'll see the, <laughs> the reality of it. But no, nah, man, look, um, I appreciate you coming down. Obviously, um, you hit me up yesterday and I was like, oh, I'm so tired. Like I flew in and, and I'm working today and this and that. And you're like, yeah, man, no, I drove home and I was you know, at work at 5 a.m. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, privateer life, got to pay the bills, so... Drove through the night, left at five, got home at about 11.30, 12 o'clock and up at five, straight to work, prepped a slab, do some concrete and pay the bills. Getting into it, man. Far out. Well, we'll hear more about Privacy of Life and um, all the things that you've been up to this year. You know, you're a part of the Brisbane Motorcycles program, basically teammates with Dean Ferris. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dean Ferris is slowest teammate, so. <laughs> that's, the claim, that's, the, that's the claim to fame. Uh, um, and, you know, you got a cool program going there with those guys, so we'll chat more about that and, uh and all things Zane Dunlop. But uh, in the meantime, guys, like I said, welcome to the AMX Superstores Pro MX review show from Maitland. Round four, lot to talk about. There was racing on Saturday. Um, and uh, we'll come back to that because big, big, uh, a lot of positive reception for that in the pits. Um, you know, I'll get your take on how that was as a rider. I know when I used to race way back in the day, I preferred the two days on the track. I feel like as a privateer, it really helped me. Um, and I think the industry loved it. it. We're all there, made the most of it. I think even MA and the Prime X guys were I think, seeing the benefits of it. So it was interesting. But we'll talk about that. But um, give you guys a rundown tonight. We're going to have um, Circo Yamaha's Reese Bard coming on in just a minute. Reese getting that maiden career victory, I think, with 2 3 moto scores. Yeah, 3 2. 3 2. So for Reese, big deal. Hometown race. He lives in Queensland now, like every smart person. But. Um, <laughs> He's new South born and bred, and that was really cool to see his friends and family and everyone there with him. So we're going to have Reese on in just a minute. We've also got Jet Olsop on, um, MX3 Moto winner, who had a typical MX3 weekend where it went from the highest of highs to um, a DNF and everything in between. But, man, Jet's a rad kid and, and a good family, so we're going to chat to him. And um, I didn't really organize any other guests for this week because honestly, it's been hectic since I got back. So I'm, I've, got, I've got some texts out, so we might have some other people coming on. The <laughs> night's going to evolve, Zane. It's how we do things here. Loose program. Loose program. Well, that's what I said to you when you rocked up. I was like, this isn't Gypsy Tales, bud. Like, <laughs> this isn't what you did with Ferris to launch the PR for the team. Like, we're in my outdoor area. Like, I used to have a studio, I used to have all these things. Um, but since I moved up here, I haven't quite got on top of that yet. So, no, it's all good. We're making it work. Yeah. All right, what time is it here? Um, we've got a few minutes before we're going to call Reese. Um, but I will fire um, rapid fire to you to oh, get things started. Pressure's on. No, privateer. Yep. Two-day format. 100%. We were there Friday afternoon instead of Saturday morning. We, we, I didn't. <laughs> I talked and commentated. But um, you guys rode from Saturday morning, basically. You had uh, free practice warm-up, time qualifying on Saturday. Then you had a moto on Saturday. How was the format for you? What did you think of it? Yeah, well, I really enjoyed the format, to be honest. Uh, when we go away to most races, we're, we're gone on the Friday anyway, so it's not like we're losing much more time. And it, to me, it's more worth it. Uh, two days on the track, you know, we get down there on the Friday afternoon, we cruise around, we start a little bit later on Saturday and get a few sessions on the track before we race Saturday afternoon. The race Saturday afternoon was really good. I feel like if there was no race on the Saturday, it would have been kind of a pointless day. But... um. 
yeah, overall, I really liked it and uh, getting more track time and then the warm-up on Saturday. The only thing I would adjust is we had four hours between a 10-minute warm-up and Moto2, which was race one on Sunday. So that was a bit bit hard to get warm for, but overall, I think for the first... Is it four hours between the, the time you're on the track and then that first gate drop? So our first... Our warm-up, our 10-minute warm-up was at 8.59 and our first race was at 1 o'clock. Yeah, okay. So a decent chunk of time. Yeah. I mean, you get the sight lab, but the track's changed a lot, right? Yeah, and it's not so much the track. I mean, we spent so much time on it on the Saturday. It's just, you know, being cold and, you know, if you've ever ridden a motorbike the first session, you always get arm pump and the second session you're fine. So Yeah, yeah. It's hard to get hard to get into it, but uh, I always get arm pump every time I ride <laughs> now. But I do remember back in the day. I mean, I only raced a handful of MX Nationals, but the old format was um, we had one or two free practices on the Saturday, and then a time qualifier, and then whatever like race format you just raced on Sunday with a morning warm up. Yeah, um, but it did work pretty good. I, I really like the. Did you like having three motos across the weekend? Hundred percent. I think it's uh, definitely a way of getting more races into the series. Like as we only have a short series of eight rounds, I think to have the three motos adds up to a lot of races over the season. I think it's good. Yeah, it's. A, I was chatting. You know, obviously I travel with the Pro MX guys and um, and Lee Hogan, Danny Hamlet, the TV crew. We're you know we're the with the guys that travel away from the teams and we all end up at the same airports and stuff but when we're in the travel cars and the hotels we always talk a lot of what else you talk about while you're away right so i was even floating the idea to primex and and ma i was like well this really works maybe we do a qualifying race on saturday like mxgp like MotoGP, like maybe there's a way to introduce that the point system maybe if they don't want so many extra motos throughout the yeah, and you know they they sort of said they they contemplated it at different times, but they're looking at they're looking at any options, you know. And I think this was a bit of a trial run as well. Um, same with that the the big screens, the grandstand seating. Like I think they they're looking to start investing in the the event as such. Like now the TV package is kind of on lock, and they've got that to a high level. I think they now they want to switch their focus. Like you noticed, I was on the start line interviewing everyone. We had a good PA system, you know. Um, the TV screens like it all just adds to the event value right um, so I think they're looking at ways to to evolve the championship now it's been a few years you know yeah definitely it was it just felt like a more polished event it was uh, the TVs were awesome even me sitting on the start line I could watch the race while I was sitting there waiting for the for the moto to start so that overall was just the, the crowd was good the TVs were good it was it was a very good event mm, it was and look round one was round one you know, tragic. It's not even worth commenting on the fact that, yeah, it disrupted the championship, but obviously it was awful. Yeah. We, we're past that. It is what it is. Then we had round two, crazy heat. Um, track prep way off. Yeah. Yeah, the heat, what do you do? I mean, yeah, there's not much they could have done. They were fighting a losing battle, right? Um, but I would say that except for the fact that normally when we go to Appen, I don't know, from your perspective as a rider, you've probably raced there a lot a lot of years, right? What? How is that track prep for you? Because for me, it's overkill. I feel that, do what they did at Maitland, you can get hoses on it, you can keep the moisture in it. Maybe they got blessed a little bit on Sunday with the rain. But I would rather a slightly dry racetrack that you guys can move around on and make passes than slot car routes. And I don't imagine it's that fun riding those either. But how is, like, say, an app in on a normal year? What do you think? 
Well, so for me, Appen, it was still dusty in the last moto. Right. So they prepped the track the way they did, and I couldn't see in the last moto. So right. So I'm. I agree. It was over to but overkill. But what did they do? They maybe need to. I don't know. Have a go at attacking the track and prepping. Maybe in between, like if they went Just dry. Hold that mic up a little bit, bud. If they went, if they were, if it was dry, drier in the morning, and we didn't get so many slot car ruts and all that, it would be a tragedy at the end. It would be so dusty and so slippery. So, mate, uh, Appen is a bit of a. It's hard to do it in that type of heat. Maybe the season starts later when it's cooler. Then we'd be talking about all the mud races. So it's like you're. This is the thing, it's motocross, exactly. but it's just been very strange to have, obviously, round one, awful, not normal. Round two, it's not normally that hot in March, April. No, it's easy. Um, then it is the mudder at Albury, and, and I was saying to everyone, I'm like, far out, man. Like I'm kind of waiting for that weekend that reminds us why we do this, because the first three rounds was like, I don't mean to sound ungrateful, I don't know. I don't do the, what I do on the weekends for it to feel like a job. Does that make sense? 100%. And the first three rounds kind of felt like, oh, like that was a lot, you know. It was the heat, whether it was the cold and the mud. I mean, it was kind of fun at Aubrey because it was just a shit show. Yeah. But, like, the industry, the championship, the riders, the teams, everyone needed what happened on the weekend. Yeah, 100%. Uh, for me, I didn't even really want to do much racing after Aubrey. So, we drove all the way to Monthaggy and... Obviously, what happened with Braden is devastating and, like, you can take that on the chin. Like, it doesn't matter that I drove that far. No, and, yeah, everything's irrelevant at that point. Exactly. We don't care. But then we go to Appen and the track was a little bit little bit off, but it's like, eh, okay. And then we get to Albury and I know where the played a part, but, you know, track bet was questionable. And then at the end of it, I could only do four laps because if that bike blows up that I'm on, I have no bike mm. and I'm done for the year. So I did, I did two laps in qualifying and two laps in the race and I went, this is not, I can't race this. No. So I pulled off and for Maitland to be as good as it was, I enjoyed it. I had a good time. Me and my mates had good battles all weekend and I was just like, you know what, this is, I really want to race more races now. Yeah, because like you're spending your own money, you're taking time off work, you're, like you said, you're driving around the country. Like that's three trips from up here in the Gold Coast, yeah. Brisbane area where we're all living now that there's a lot of travel, a lot of fuel, a lot of tolls, a lot of everything, right? But um, again, you could just, I, I don't know, even me on the mic on Saturday morning, like the bikes hit the track, I was just pumped. Like people were scrubbing. You could see their numbers. <laughs> like yeah. it yeah. looked like everyone was having fun. And and I was like, all right, yes, we're back. Like we can enjoy this one. And and it was cool to see. But um, all right, guys, this is the Amex Superstores Pro MX review show for Maitland. We're going to get into it um, with our first guest, which is going to be Reese Bart. I'm going to call Reese now and get him on, taking his maiden MX2 victory of his career. And um, lots to talk about. Obviously, some uh, interesting results in MX2. Dean Ferris and the Blue Crew domination in uh, in your class, eh, in MX1. And um, shouldn't you be further up the front riding a Yamaha? It seemed like that was all you needed. Yeah, it seems like if you get on a Yamaha, you can run up the front, but it isn't that easy. I can yeah, tell you that. Okay. I must have missed that part. But those guys are on a, like the, the bikes, the setup, you know, you compare those two to Webster and, and, um, Beaton, Gibbsy, Waters, Harwood's Harwood. I don't think he's included in this because he's just a machine from Absolute New Zealand. Animal. Um, I interviewed him on the start line. I was like, you know, it's good for you to be back. He's like, yeah, I'm just trying to, you know, make sure I get through the motos and this and that. I was like, you used to do four motos a day 
back you remember we was doing that in like yep. 2019 i'm like this there's no problem for you with this you're so fit but um let's talk about with mx1 let's talk about across championship we're gonna get reese on now and then um we'll probably talk mx2 after this and we'll keep it moving guys so uh reese bard being brought to you by amx superstores i don't have my fancy um i don't have my fancy studio or producer so i'm just doing this old school and finding his number in my phone right now so give me a second there it is. All right. Let's see how this goes. Mount drew its own. Mount drew its own respite. With the ringtone and all. Hey, mate. How you doing? Reese, how you doing, bud? Thanks for taking the time out. No worries. Um, two seconds. I'm just going to wipe some headphones on, so might be a bit better hearing. No problem. Take your time, bud. Too easy. Two seconds. <coughs> We're all about the raw inside dirt show. <laughs> Elevator music. Do, 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 cold calling people. Hey, can you hear me? Well, good, mate. Um, well, here we go, guys. Reese Bud, this is Circo Yamaha Zone, um, being brought to you by AMX Superstores here on the Primex Review Show. And, Reese, um, I'm sure you're a popular man this week, obviously taking the maiden career victory. Um Let's get straight into it, mate. It was the hometown race, you know, a lot of friends, a lot of family. Um, I think it's been building for you. It's been coming. You know, we've seen flashes on and off, and man, um, talk about it. How did it feel? Oh, it's uh, it's obviously been the, the best feeling I've had in a, in a very long time. Probably probably my last year, to be honest. So, um, yeah, like 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 you just mentioned, you know, um, you know, grew up, you know, a couple of hours from from Maitland, you know, and a lot of family and friends were able to uh, to make the trip up and. Come and watch and support. So to uh, to have all those guys there and uh, for them to to witness my first overall victory was um, absolutely awesome. You know, it's um, you know super super emotional afternoon. That's for sure. You know, so uh, now it's good to to get the monkey off the back at that first win. You know, um, obviously it was just a consistent day. There's no race wins on the weekend, but um, consistent day and um, put it up where I needed to and. Um, you know, got the job done. So, you know, from, from now on, I, I want to, uh, you know, roar with you for a race win. But no, definitely, um, I enjoyed the, the moment for that night. And, and I still do, you know, uh, I look at the, uh, the, the number one plate and stuff like that and, um, gives me goosebumps. So it's just, uh, it's an awesome feeling to, uh, achieve what I did. For sure, man. Hey, we've got Zane Dunlop hanging out here and co hosting. So he's going to hit you with some questions, I'm sure. Yeah, mate. How you going? Awesome. Um, good. Thanks. How are you, mate? His, uh, his private to life, so um, it's good to get in the perspective. Not not like you factory guys, Reese. you know? <laughs> <laughs> Reese knows how it is. He's been through it. Oh, I'm only talking. I'm only talking. You you are, I know from the time back when, we can probably start there, Reese. Like, uh, you know, obviously we're talking about the weekend, but I've always said, um, you know, back in the day you rode for, um, actually who I'm riding for now, which is the BCP um, factory Honda team. Uh, when you were a junior, yep. and um, well, I'm not riding for them. I'm I'm a, I'm a coach, but let's not get too carried away. <laughs> but I'm back. <laughs> um, you rode for Hoax for I believe it was 2017, 2016. I forget which Seven. year it was. Um, yes, 17. Yeah, that was uh, yeah last year, junior. And all I remember of you, excuse me, is that obviously you'd be down in Vic a lot at the local tracks, and you were always like, when I seen you out, you'd be doing your motos super humble talk to everybody you guys were doing the hard yards like i'd see your dad with you i'd see your brother with you and you know a lot of 
fast juniors? Like, I think you had some injuries that year from memory. You did your ankle or something from, from what I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, I uh, I did a wrist a wrist injury that year and um, had a bit of a bit of a foot injury as well. So yeah, wasn't wasn't um, the most amazing year, that's for sure. It wasn't, but what I'm getting at is like throughout that, you were always out doing your motos. I always remembered you looked so good on that Honda with the setup and your riding style was just you know you've got that really on point like elbows up, aggressive over the front of the bike. Like I've always been a fan of your riding style. Um, but more so, I guess, like Zane said, like you guys were in the van driving from New South to Victor, you were always, wherever I was in an event, you guys were there doing the hard yards and, 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 you know, Zane can attest to how hard that is, is doing it, you know, driving around. So you're definitely someone that's coming of age, but you know, you've always been a good rider and a a pro level, you know, elite junior, but you were never like that, that kid. Um, how do I put this? You you weren't the Cater Mania. You know what I mean? You were yep. just the hardworking kid, and I think that's a really cool story when you see that start to pay off now. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. You know, I um, I did have a quite a successful um, junior career. That's for sure. I um, had some really awesome opportunities with different uh, brands and things like that. And as you said, yeah, the the um, the time spent with Hogs was um, was absolutely amazing. You know. Um, he gave me an awesome bike to, um, you know, to go and get the job done. And, um, yeah, like you mentioned, I, I my, at, obviously at the time I was, uh, what, 16 or whatever, so I didn't have my license. So I uh, had the, the support of, uh, my family that, you know, would make those trips down to Victoria and stuff like that and to, um, go do Lee's coaching schools and go spend some time down there doing riding and stuff like that with, uh, with his mentoring side of things. So, um, yeah, I think that was an awesome building year for me leading into the, the senior ranks. So, um, yeah, I was very fortunate to, uh, to ride for Lee. He's got a lot of, uh, a lot of, um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Uh, a lot of knowledge. Yeah, knowledge. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a well, lot he's of very old, you know, stuff, so, so he's probably listening to this. So, you know, at his age, he does have a lot of wisdom, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. So, um, you know, and, and that was, you know, a big reason that I left the KDM crew um, to, to switch over to him because I knew leading into that, that senior uh, ranks, I, uh, I just knew that I needed that little bit of extra mentoring and training and stuff like that to um, to build up to uh, heading into other 19. So, yeah, as I said, super thankful, um, you know, to be able to, to ride for him and, um, you know, and he passed down a lot of awesome things that I, I took on board and, and um, just grown since then. So, um, yeah, it, it, was a, it was a big stepping stone for me. But, um, yeah, it's obviously a little bit nice every now to the flies to the event, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, then you obviously, when you graduated out of, of seniors, you know, you went to sort of like the Ride Red support program from memory, but that's not yep. a rock star deal. Like you're, you know, you you get a bike and a parts budget and, and maybe some contingency. I can't really remember exactly what those deals are, but essentially it's back to you, your dad, your brother driving around the country, doing the hard yards. And, and I think you did that for a couple of seasons, right? Uh, so, uh, so that, yeah, that Ride Red program was, um, you know, just get a couple of bikes and gear and yeah, bits and pieces and stuff like that, as you mentioned. Um, and then yeah, driving to the the races and things like that. But uh, I was very lucky to um to become pretty close with Mark Lucic, who at the time had the the uh, Penrite Honda team. So uh, we we got talking throughout the year and stuff like that. And um, he was lucky enough to you know he he was only an MX2 team at that time, and um, he was uh, you know an awesome awesome guy and, and put me on as a 
and a next day rider at the time. So, um, you know, I had that, that one year privateer there and then um, went on to, you know, pretty much a factory team with Mark Lucic. So um, that was that was awesome of him to, to put me on and, you know, that, that thing was an awesome bike. So, um, you know, a bit unfortunate that he stopped uh, running and racing because he was an awesome guy and we got along and we still do and we, we chat all the time. So, um, yeah, from, from that uh, Ride Red program where I stepped up into the, the Penrite Honda Racing Team the following year. Yeah, so Zane here, uh, just run us through that that last moto. Did you have any idea that you were going to win? Because the 3-2, I can't imagine you were, you would have seen that maybe Nathan went down at the start and no one else from the first race was up near the front, really. You only had Jesse in front of you. So did you did you get any emotions during towards the end of the race or was it just all in the finish line area? Um, I had absolutely zero idea that I was. Uh, I had the overall. Um, like I was just kind of clocking off my my laps. I, obviously, I, I knew I, I had a feeling maybe second overall, something like that, being a, a three two. I didn't know who was behind me, who was where. I um, didn't look back. I, I had no idea. NATO went down on lap one. Um, and did you I, see I, NATO go down, um, or were you ahead of him at that yeah. point? No. I, yeah, me, me and Jesse, but we were one two That's from right. the get go. So from from start to finish. So yeah, I didn't know who was behind me, what happened, where anyone was. Like uh, at that point, I, I wasn't even reading the pit board half the time. So um, honestly, did not know what was going on, where I was at. So um, like I, I guess towards probably uh, honestly about maybe three laps ago, I did get a little bit nervous, just just you know knowing it was, was going to be the first podium of the season, and I was just happy with that. Um, but yeah, like I said, you know who was where and how points were going and stuff like that. So um, I, I didn't didn't think too much about it. And um, obviously, I got uh, yeah, I was thirty moto one and second in that. And I knew Wilbur was behind me, but you know that didn't even cross my mind that you know we we could be time for the win or anything like that. But you know, I still crossed the finish line. I, I get a little fist pump just because I was just fake to be back up on the box, and uh, it took me. Took me a couple of minutes to to find out, you know. I um I put my bike up on the stand in the podium area. I took my helmet off, you know, just had a quick quick breath, and then um yeah, and then uh, a few people told me that I got the job done, and yeah, I, uh, it was a big um big relief there, that's for sure. And you know, a few emotions come out pretty quickly. So um yeah, honestly, did not know at all throughout the moto, and like I said, didn't read the pit board much at all, so I didn't know what was going on. That whole race, so um, yeah, to to uh, hear the news that I got the job done with a three-two motor score, which is probably pretty rare, but I'm not going to complain about it. That's for sure, you know. So um, absolutely stoked about it. Well, it probably makes up for the fact that I um I pulled you into the podium area on Saturday, <laughs> and somehow yeah. Jesse, your teammate, I I still don't understand how he got pole because we waited to the end of the he must have been the last rider that went through before. The checker flag <laughs> flew, and then he had that last lap. He must have been the last guy to come back around and chip the, the, the timing loop. Um, yeah. yeah. So for everyone's reference, I pulled – well, it wasn't really me. I got told that you got pole, but I'm like, yeah, you know, congratulations, pole position. We do this whole interview, and then they tap yeah. me on the shoulder, and they're like, ah, Jesse Dobson got pole, and we had to interview him. Yeah. And you looked a little pissed. You're like, oh, all right. <laughs> nah, yeah. I was uh, – I was a yeah, little – I wouldn't say pissed, but um, you know, I, I kind of laughed about it. You know, it's um, it, it didn't bother me. I was just stoked to um, put in some good laps, and they were, all my heater laps were pretty much consistent, very close in time. So I um, to me, that's 
that's more of a win than just doing that once and like you know so um you know i was it, it was just awesome for our team you know going one two it's uh it's, uh, it's it's been a tough start to the championship, and I think the best I've qualified is probably eighth or something all year. So, um, to be up in P two, uh, I was pretty stoked about it. It's gonna, I knew anywhere within those top five gates at Maitland, um, you can rip a whole shot. So I, I wasn't too stressed about that, and the times were super close anyway. So, um, but yeah, it was cool to see my name up on in P one on the pit board for pretty much that whole session down until that last lap, obviously. So, um, you know, big stride into uh, into Maitland so um, yeah there's, there's so many positives we've taken away that's for sure yeah man no it was cool to see um, so obviously shifting gears a little bit um, the season so far has just been a little all over the place with, with the, the rounds and the weather but um, yep. I wouldn't say a breakout ride for you getting this overall maybe it is but it's just we've seen you I mean far out you were third in the championship in 21 I believe in the COVID year, um, you yep. know, you've been there and thereabouts. So what do you feel, you know, th- there's the cliche of like, oh, you've done it now, you can win again and all those things. Like, yeah, that, that's a given. But w- what's the difference, do you feel, between um, going from where you're at to then becoming a mainstay where, you know, realistically, Wilson ties a little off form this year with his health and different things, but he's kind of a given that he's always going to factor into the podiums and winning races. Yeah. Then so is NATO, and then there's kind of like that gaggle of the blue crew guys right now, yep. and you're in there. I feel like you're starting to separate yourself. You know, we saw Jesse, but Jesse's won before as well. Like he's very uh, capable. Um, what's the difference between yep. able to do it on a good weekend when it's the track and the venue, and you're feeling it from that to doing it every weekend? Like, what do you attribute that leap to? How how's that going to happen for you? Just. Just honestly, just believing in myself, you know, I've um, I've had you know a little bit of self doubt, and I think that's the, the main killer. But to um to finally put together two solid motos, um, two solid starts, and um, just be a, a consistent day, you know, it, it gives me a lot more belief in myself, knowing that I can go do it, and um, I should be able to do it on a, on a you know a weekend basis, you know. So um, just having that extra bit of confidence and belief in myself, you know, when and um, you know, like, like the track, we we had two we had two different conditions on on the Sunday race. You know, race race one we had you know it was pretty tacky, still ruddy, rough, you know, and stuff like that. And then uh, we had that whole lot of rain um, come down right before our motor, you know, and um, it, it, it changed a lot of things. So um, and the track was super greasy, and you know, it wasn't would say muddy, but yeah, it was it was wet, it was slick, and um, it was completely different to to moto one and. Um, you know, to, to be able to perform in both of those conditions is awesome for me and um, big, big stick off the bike and as I said, it's a relief off the shoulders so it was just um, just cool to get two solid motos in and um, and to, to get that with the overall is awesome so it's just, like I said, it's just um, having that extra bit of belief now knowing I can do it, knowing I can get two, two consistent starts, ride solid laps, two 25 minute motors um, so I um I just need to, to keep doing that. I just keep putting the work throughout the week and keep doing what I'm doing. You know, I don't think I need to change anything. It's just um, just fixing the, the the mindset, and that's the only thing that I need to, to work on. And um, I've I've took a big big step forward with that. So um, that's about it. About it, really. Yeah, that second moto for you guys, it would have been worse than for us. We had a fair bit of time. The sun came out, and we were watching the bait <laughs> going. 
the longer they hold us on this start gate, the better the track's going to be. How was that at the start of your guys' motor? That would have been pretty loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was super slick, man. Like, like, like you said, you you would have, you know, ridden ridden that like the first lap of your motor. You would have seen how slippery it was, and just imagine, um, you know, twenty five minutes earlier than that, with you know, not too many bikes out and and not as much sun. So, um, on that start lap, it was greasy. Like, um, but I, I kind of just I you know whole shot the start lap and just kind of just rode around and put a bit of intensity in and. Know, get get ready for kind of watch the come. So um, yeah, the, the conditions were super tricky. There, there was honestly there was probably like three three main sections that were almost out of control. Out of control. So for me, uh, it was the the um, the tabletop heading into the mechanics area um, into that left hander turn. That was uh, that was next level slippery. Like you you could barely get get on the gas through there without. No getting sideways, um, and then like the, the back rollers, and then heading into the finish section. For me, they were probably the three sections that were were super greasy. And honestly, the rest of the track was, um, you know, obviously a, a little bit on the slippery side, but was um, you could still, I, I, I feel like you could attack the track a little bit. So, um, you know, it was slick, but it wasn't wasn't too bad. It's, I still prefer that over the tracks we've had so far this year. So, um, like yeah, from the it was outside, tricky, but from the outside looking in and and being you're like, oh, you just go to the non-shiny dirt, right? Okay, you know, everywhere that's shiny with the rain, just don't touch it. But I guess it looked like you're talking about the... I couldn't see a lot of the track. Like, I basically just stood on the start straight and used the big screen to commentate from, unless when it was really raining, I just went and yep. hid in the scoring tower. But um, <laughs> I, I guess there was a lot of blanket blue groove on the bottom of jumps and, like, those areas where you literally you just couldn't get away from it, right? Like, you saw when well, you wouldn't have saw, but... I don't know if you saw it, Zane, on TV when NATO crashed in that second moto. Like, it, it was like just like a banana peel. Yeah, literally, he like Mario Kart banana peel, and the bike just took off. Um, so I don't think TV did it justice for how slippery it really was. Nah, and there was no, yeah. there was no way. Like, the, you would come out of the ruts, so you say, "Oh, look for the for the the tacky the, dirt the tacky or whatever." Dirt, yeah. but the tacky dirt was muddy. So you'd go to the tacky dirt and you'd slide through the tacky dirt and then hit the next blue groove bit and slip there. And you would go in the ruts and you'd come out of the ruts and where you wanted to get on the gas was blue groove. So you'd be <laughs> just sliding. Around, and yeah. I was a half, I was 40 minutes after Reese's start of the race, so I couldn't imagine how it was. Well, I couldn't believe, and, and I don't know about how you were, Reese. like you probably weren't even watching MX1 because you were just soaking in, you know, being the big dog on the podium. But um, literally, like, you guys looked like you did a full mud race. And then MX1 came around 30 minutes later and everyone's got clean numbers, clean gear, it's highs. You can see their nobbies. And I was just like, I'm commentating like, wow, this is a different racetrack. And like, literally you guys have just gone out and cleared the whole thing for 30 minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was definitely a different racetrack. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, uh, like looking back now, it was, it, it's funny to think about, you know, it's just, it's crazy how, how it happened. And like, it, it would have been, Probably worse for those MX3 kids, you know. They um their their first half of the moto started out, you know, probably pretty close to you know prime time, and then it just starts busting out of rain on them, you know. So um, they're riding in the rain, and at each lap they do it, it just gets slippery and slippery, you know. So where with us, we we started with that lap one, you know, so we kind of knew what what was happening from the get go. Um, but yeah, those MX3 kids, you know, cop copping the rain mid moto, and and um, you know they. Stuff up their goggles, you know. I was just, I was, I wasn't too fussed about the track. I was just stoked we didn't have to ride in the rain because it's, it's a pain in the ass on your goggles and things like that. So, 
I um, yeah, I was just pumped that he, uh, the sun come out for our moto. Hey, one more question, mate. I know you're on a schedule tonight, so we'll, we'll let you go soon. Um, curious, you know, last year, two years, you were Yamalube Yamaha, um, 21 yep. and 20. Were you Serco last year or Yamalube last year? Yamalube, yep. Okay, so two years Yamalube. Um, this year you move across to Serco. Is, talk to me about that. Um, is, is that Yamaha going, hey, you know, because from my understanding, like Serco, Yamalube, WBR, they all pretty much get the same sort of allocations. Is it Yamaha and like Bishop, you know, Scott Bishop going to you, hey man, we're going to move you to Serco this year. Um, and that's where you're going to run from because you're based somewhat near the team. You could be, but you know, Yamalube's in Brisbane and so is Serco. So it's pretty much no different. Um, yeah. Or is it Gav approaches you and says, hey, come sign with us. Like, I'm curious how that kind of, musical chairs within the blue crew deal worked how how was that yeah yeah the um i yeah i was uh, i was approached by gavin um you know late later in the year and uh the decision was all all, all on my own um obviously i uh, like scott is a big part of all my program still but i um you know i i still i still chat to him and i spoke to him about it and him and stuff like that but yeah the, the decision was purely mine and stuff like that so um it's it's where i wanted to to be and a, as a kid it's it's um there's so many rides that i um i uh, train with now you know they've ridden for those teams and i looked up to those guys at that time and said i want to ride for this team and um that that was my my goal and to um have the opportunity and you know, i want to uh, snap it up and um you know it's, it's one of the greatest decisions i've made um, I, I love my team i love everyone in it we uh, we we have a lot of banter. We get along really well. We all work super hard together, and um, they all have the same attitude as me. We want to go out and win, and uh, we all believe that we can do that. So um, it, it's an awesome team environment, and um, yeah, I, I've got no regrets being here because um, yeah, it's it's an awesome team, and they've given me um, every opportunity to to go get it done. And um, yeah, I'm just pumped to uh, be given my first overall victory, and. Um, I think it's their, it's their, obviously their first podium. Oh no, sorry, just not second at, at Monte, but yeah, it's their first win this season. So to give them the results that they deserve, um, it, it's, it's awesome. So I, um, I'm just looking forward to, to keep growing with them and, and, uh, have a, have a good end to this season. That's awesome. Cause you know, Serco, they were a powerhouse for a long time when it came to MX2 and winning championships. And it's, it's been a few years now. Yep. Um, yeah. And it was really cool to sort of see, you know, Jesse win the moto. Um, you win the overall, like I saw Gav on the plane home. I, I didn't get to chat to him much, but I just walked past him and he literally had like the biggest smile on his face, which <laughs> as you know, with Gav, sometimes he doesn't have a smile on his face. Um, so, you know, um, that's cool, man. It's good for the team. Like you said, they, everyone puts in the hard yards and talking about training your, you do Ford's, uh, program, uh, in Queensland, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I train with Ford and, and we've got an awesome, we've got an absolutely awesome group, you know, we've obviously got. We got Jesse, we got Cloudy, we got Gibbsy, and uh, we got like a few of the MX3 boys and stuff like that. So uh, we have we have an awesome training group with FB. That's good, man. It's uh, I think um, you kind of got Ford up here. You got Ross, you know, beaten down there, and then you've also got um, the Double O Elite uh, Nathan Crawford crew. Um, Big Nath, not not um, KDM Nath, but he trains with them, which is yeah, a bit yeah. more confusing. <laughs> but um, <laughs> It's good to see, you, man. All right, hey, Reese Bard, brought to you by AMX Superstores here on the Primax Review Show. Um, appreciate the time, mate. Um, congratulations and um, 
go do your thing and we will uh, we'll see you in a few weeks at Gilman. Awesome. No, thank you very much. You know, I uh, enjoy being on uh, these type of things, so I appreciate you for having me and uh, taking the time to uh, make the call. So thank you. All good, bud. All right, talk to you soon. Thank you. Thanks, mate. Thanks. All right, guys, Reese Bud coming to you here on the uh, AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show here on the Inside uh, Network. And um, Zane, it's cool. Cool to see him get on top of the box, man. Very well-deserving. I like him. I was, I was meant to ask him about his Crocs. Like, I don't know what the deal is with those things he wears. Yeah, I don't I don't know either. They're not – I don't know. Yeah, I, that was the first thing I was going to ask him. Like, I interviewed him in, in the post-race interviews, and he's got, like, his full team corporate gear on, and he's just got, like, these rainbow – crocs and i'm just like there's a mustache going on there's crocs like it's a wild setup just run it like he he owns it like nothing wrong with it but hey man he's winning so i guess can't, can't deny it there's probably gonna be half the kids in mx2 wearing crocs at, at gilman you will not see nathan crawford in crocs i can tell you that <laughs> no i've seen him in the jesus sneakers before though like yeah, the burks you know yeah i'm too old for that stuff to Carl be like he's the originator of the burks i remember seeing him back in 2018 yeah burks i think he's he had it running for a while yeah He's real kind of, yeah, he's on the on the Burke vibe. He definitely ain't a moto, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was good to see Reese get the win. Obviously, if you asked me, honestly, you if you asked me before this, I would have already thought Reese had won one because he's been up the front for that long. I know. And he has he won a moto? I was meant to ask him that too. I don't know. I, I, I would have sworn he has. He I, would have had to have. I think, because um, obviously he was third in the championship in COVID year. Yeah. Yep, and he had a, I'm pretty sure Webster won most of them. Oh, he did. To did I he get the he championship won. that year? Yeah, he did. Webster did. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. his last year. Yep. Um, and then Wilson, I think Wilson won. He's kind of been a been stitched up a little bit between Webster and Wilson, so that might have might have denied him from a win. But it's, I know he definitely deserved because I think that 21 year he went like second, third, and fifth overall in the three rounds to get third in the championship. Like he's been. There or thereabouts. Yeah, hundred percent. He's yeah. He's definitely a mainstay at the front of the MX2 field, and it was good to see him crack into that win. All right, well, let's go straight into MX2 after chatting to him. Um, so, Wilson Todd. I don't know what you're hearing. I've heard different things in the pits, but obviously he didn't ride a lot. He wasn't meant to ride outdoors here. He was meant to do AMA Supercross and World Supercross. Um, they kind of threw a hail mary at him. I'm not sure what happened. He ended up back here because he didn't really ride a lot of Supercross, but he didn't really ride a lot. He got injured um, before he even really got to show what he could do in the States. And from what I hear, like he said he's had some health complications with his injuries, like as in not just injuries, but just general body health. Um, And even when I chat to him on the start line, doing interviews, he's just like, yeah, I'm just looking to stay consistent and and get through it like it's not like yeah i'm out here to win and dominate it's just kind of like yeah he seems like he's at a level where he knows that like what nato crawford's doing or like jesse wins a moto then he's last on the first lap of the first and and wilson's just fifth on the first lap then he gets third with five minutes to go and he's just riding smart but just stacking points yeah i think what you see from wilson is he's just confident that he can do it he's Mm. done it before He's a three-time champion for a reason, and he he just knows how to play the field. He knows he's better than every sing, every, nearly everyone out there. The only guy that can really run him for pace is Nathan, and you could see last year Nathan wasn't there. 
So if Nathan wasn't there this year, it looks much the same. Like yeah. outside of the mud rounds, Wilson's been up there except for Appen, but he was injured. Mm. So I think I think what you're seeing from Wilson is much of the same as last year. You've just got uh, Nathan Crawford that's on form and getting in there. Yeah, and I think didn't he break some ribs in that crash with NATO at round one? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I spoke to you, Reeve, and he was like, it was worse than we kind of. It wasn't very public, you know, but he had some things has had some issues from that as well, but um. It's the contrast, isn't it? It's like Wilson, he's hes not really in form to dominate. Like there's guys that can match him this year, like Jesse for a Moto 1 in Moto 2. Um, Nato's had him covered at times. Like I think, does Nato beat him if he doesn't grenade himself in that turn at Wani? You know, is another question. Um, but regardless, Nato's had the penalty. Nato's had the DNF. Wilson hasn't. And at this point after not winning Moto2 for NATO, I don't know if he's going to be able to do much. Like, the, the points gap's pretty substantial, isn't it? What what do we got? Yeah, so Nathan's down. He's in third, 31 points behind Wilson, and then Brody Connolly's 27 down. So he's got a 27-point lead after, you know, three rounds or three and a half rounds. So we're halfway, and he's got a 27-point lead. Now, it's not massive, but he also, except for one thing, hasn't taken any risks. Well, that, and, and realistically, you go, okay, if NATO wins out from here, so he's got round four, five, six, five rounds. He'll come up short if he wins out. Yeah, because Wilson realistically is going to be no worse than, you know, I don't have the points in front of me, but it seems like a stretch for NATO to win out, number one. And then it seems like a stretch that Wilson's not going to be on the podium. Well, Although you see what happened with Tomac on the weekend, like you can't say never, but... But like... With that, Nathan's won every race except for the race that he crashed in on the weekend and the one he's been DQ'd from and the DNF. He's won every other race. Yeah, so that ratio is... It's, it's also hard to gauge off of that, though, because he's either winning or having some crazy shit happen. Yeah, but, yeah, the 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 crashes have been... Well, the crash was a f- pretty freak crash. Mm. He did a three. He hit a banana peel. There's not many of them laying around. And when we come, <laughs> to, when we, come <laughs> yeah, it literally did look like I, I just watched the Mario Kart movie, the Mario movie the other day with the kids. It was a full just yep. We are coming into Queensland, and Nathan has been training on those three tracks too. So oh, I mean, he's likely. Look, he's not slow in the sand at all, but I think Wilson will be strong in in SA. Yeah, just because of his MXGP experience, I think we'll be able to see where Wilson is really at at SA. I've been saying, I'm glad you say that because I've been saying, even you know, we had the podcast after the mud race and we were doing a lot of bench racing because you couldn't really tell from the mud race. So I had Posty and Darnell, and they're like, "Man, there's still so many guys in MX1 that can win. There's still like five or six guys." I'm like, "There's not. No, there's there's not five or six guys that can win. Like realistically, there's two or three. And and they disagreed with me. I'm like, buy a mate, buy sorry Gilman, and I think it's the same as what you're saying now. Round five. Once we leave Gilman, we're going to know where everybody's at. Like, if there's any shock, people that might be able to win motos in MX1. Is Wilson Todd going to have the speed to actually straight up beat NATO? It's going to start at Gilman. He's got another three weeks to get healthy. Um, it's going to be interesting because that's the first round also where we're going to see a bit of loam. Obviously, one thaggy got cut short, so we didn't see. But I don't put Wani and Gilman in the same kind of track conditions, you know? No, definitely not. Um, it's like the first real sand round. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call it sand. Oh, yeah, it's definitely loam. It's more of a 
you know. I think yeah. they've put a lot of sand down, though. Like, I was talking to Medi, because obviously they raced the slate title round there the other day, and he said they've dumped a lot of sand on it. Oh, well, that's good news. It'll be, it's good to have some more sand rounds on the, on the, on the. Yeah, stuff. on the circuit. Mm-hmm. I wish they were all sand, honestly. I love the sand. But. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've got one thaggy, and, and then, and then Coolum, but Coolum's going away, and. I know that, that, uh, that's getting me emotional, but at least we've got one more. So, guess give us a rundown. Zane came prepared. Uh, he's got the, the printout sheets. I'm a big fan of that. Let's go um, overall, Zane. Top 10 from Maitland for so, MX2. So, we've got Reese Bart in first, obviously. Awesome. Wilson Todd in second. Consistent. Same points as Reese. Reese got him on a count back. Oh, wow. So, he was actually... So, he hasn't lost any points not winning. No, no. He actually, yeah, extended it yep. uh, by one point over Nathan. So, Nathan was one... Nathan Crawford was one point behind with a, a first and a fifth. And then we've got Dobson in fourth. I don't know how he got fourth coming from last, then some. The only person that was behind him in Moto One was Jace Cosford. Yeah, because he was because he was laying on the ground. Yeah, he yeah, he was yeah. Dob- Dobson was not just last; like he was plum last, a long way back. Um, talk about a contrasting day, hey? Yeah, that was uh, that was a weird crash. I actually seen it live. I was standing on the corner, and he charged through the pack, came from nowhere, and I just thought, oh, he'll. He might get points, and then next minute he's in ninth, battling with, you know, everyone at the end. So that was a that was an awesome ride. And then we've got Noel Ferguson in fifth. Noah had some insane pace in that first moto. I was standing on the side of the track watching, and he crashed and binned it. But I could have easily seen him up in that podium spot behind Reese, but he binned it. And it's kind then- of the tale of Noah, isn't it? Like, like. I, I'm waiting for him to have that breakout ride that Reese just had because he's got so much potential. Yeah, Noah's extremely fast, so there's definitely no question about that. So. Yeah, like speed is not an issue. Never been. Although I feel that he's starting to have that concurrent injury run where the speed is not quite there at the moment. Yeah, like, well, he hasn't been off. He hasn't been on the bike. No, he's, he's not riding training. in between no, anything, is he's he? He's not training properly. He's only cycling. Mm. So it's good to see him up there in the top five, a kind of decent result to get it going. We've got Ryan Alexanderson in sixth. Now, that was – he I he, did, he had a really good weekend, man. Really good weekend. Fourth in the first moto. I watched that whole moto. I trained with Ryan. He did really well. Uh, it's good to see him up the front. Because when I was commentating, I was like – sounds cliched – you know, someone can get a fourth and you're just like, oh, they kind of lucked, lucked into, into it. it. Like, they didn't they didn't look like they earned it. I, I don't know how to say it. I've seen guys, like, win motos in MX2. And I'm like, it doesn't mean shit. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I hate to be skeptical, but I've seen yep. guys win, you know, and it doesn't do anything for them. But watching him, how he got that fourth, watching him on the bike, he's growing, he's coming into his own. I was like, man, this kid's actually going to do something. Like, obviously, I'm not saying now – but I think he's starting to show what he's really capable of. He rode himself into that position. He had him and Haruki were going at it for they were, the man. better half of the moto. But it was so funny too because Haruki's tiny, and then Alexanderson's quite big now. Tall and lanky, and it was just like this because they were like chopping each other in the yeah. turns. Like it was on typical Ryan fashion. He does that to me at the practice track. So he's he's got experience. He's scrappy, yeah. Uh, and then we got Haruki in seventh. Good comeback for Haruki. He's had a rough start to the year. It was good to see him get up there. Yeah, he was actually, if you guys listening, um, a little segue, but we have three sort of shows that come out on the Inside Out Network from the weekends. Um, one of them is, uh, the first one you'll get at the end of every weekend from Primex is the Thor post-race interviews. And I interviewed Haruki, and he kind of talks about his weekend. But basically I said, man, 
first time I've seen you all year, like actually look like you've had some confidence and some speed. And he said his injuries are finally not bothering him anymore. Yeah, okay. So I, I didn't know much about Haruki's injuries before the season, but it's good to see him up there. We've got Liam Andrews in eighth, privateer hero. He's had a great start to the season. Uh, it's good to see him still still going for it. Yeah, that's a feel good, man. He got eighth overall. Yep, eighth overall. Wow, that was a quiet... Like, I, I always saw him and said his name, but what, I wonder what motor scores he got for that. Yeah, it says 11 and 13, so that's uh, 9 and 7. Or yeah. I mean, with the crazy weather and everything, it's like you go... Um, you go two top tens, you're gonna you're gonna end up there or thereabouts. Exactly. And Reed Taylor in ninth, that's also a good story. Man, he ran up front in that first moto for like twenty minutes. Yeah, Reed's definitely got the speed to be up there. I would actually wouldn't be surprised. I'm not surprised to see him there. I would not be surprised to see What's him up there. What's his deal? Right. Do you know a lot about him? Uh, not really. I just know from Instagram and stuff, but I see on uh, Baden's Instagram that he's 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 done some German supercross and I think he was supposed to do that. He was also on Rising at Appen, so I'm yeah, not right. sure what the go is there. He, um, I don't know the kid. I've never met him. I've interviewed him. He did Uncle that. Saba. He did um, that race. Uh, remember that SX Open thing that that, yep. that uh, they did at the start yep. of last year. Yep. I commentated yeah. that, and he rode that, and and obviously he was fast as shit because yep. like he just shreds. But I'm kind of like Baden's smart, and I, I guess Baden's kind of guiding him. Um, but I'm like. I'm kind of just looking at the kid. I'm like, okay, who's he got in his corner? Who? Because he always just seems to be on like new stock bikes. Because I hear he blows bikes up a lot. Yeah. Because he rides the absolute ride out of the thing, which is rad. I love watching him ride. He looks like he's got a lot of potential. I just feel like someone kind of needs to get a hold of him and like guide him. Not saying that Baden isn't. Yeah, he needs a structure, like a coach or something. That's you know what it's like. You train with your crew, right? Like someone that's going to take him. To, the next to that level. next level, he needs to get around the, that environment, you know, because um, you can see he's got potential. And again, I'm not talking about anyone in his corner right now, but the kid's raw. Like, he needs to be refined a little bit, you know? Yeah, I feel like the talent's definitely there. He just kind of needs to be pointed in the right direction and he'll get it done. Mm. Uh, in 10th, we've got Brody Connolly. He has tonsillitis. Yeah, I heard he was really sick. Yeah, so yeah. that's even... Like borderline not riding sick. Yeah, I don't know how he even rode into that because him and Noah were actually battling in, I think, one of the motos and it was like they were fighting for the, for the death. It would have been the first moto. Yeah, I remember that. They were, again, there was like ruts they shouldn't have been chopping front wheels in and it yep. was just like, yeah. Yep. Crazy he can go from winning to obviously being sick. Like it just shows you the spread, hey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, tonsillitis. I don't know how we rode with that. That was a soldier effort for sure. Yeah, he'd had no energy and no coordination and probably no will to keep going, but good for him. Yeah, and that's that's the top 10, but we've got in 11th here, we've got Cade Minear. Do you want to touch on that? I, d- I didn't get a chance to chat to him. Um, I interviewed his dad briefly about the 85 Cup, talking about the World Juniors because Caden did a bunch of those. But, um, you know, I, I don't know. Do you know anything about what happened? No, I don't, uh, but I just think, Whatever happened, he, he's young and I think he needs stuff like this to happen to learn. I think mm. it's only going to make him better having rough weekends. To me, it honestly didn't look like anything was wrong. It just looked like he was he just had a rough weekend and it happens. It does. And look, he, here's what I found. Remember when he went to MX3 in 2021? Yeah. And then obviously he won last year. Yeah. But it, it was like even last year, these hard pack rutty tracks, they're not his specialty, right? Like... He prefers the loam and the soft stuff and to be able to really shred. Yeah, it's from WA. So. Yeah. And like even last year, you could see he kind of 
learned every round and got progressively better throughout the year. But these high pack tracks, like I remember Maitland last year, wasn't really a great round for him from memory. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, and it just looked like he kind of not slipped back into that, but it just wasn't. It wasn't his weekend. Like he didn't quite have the speed he normally has, and he's going to learn. Man, he's. I mean, I honestly think if he stays in Australia, he's MX2 champ next year. Yeah, I don't think he should stay in Australia. He should definitely be gone. He, he hopefully he's way will. too talented. He is. Um, I guess it's waiting for the right ride, and I mean, we got Liam Owens over there right now. Yeah, that's a that's a good story. It is. It's cool. We'll touch on that later, but um. Anyway, we'll, we'll leave MX2 there, but that's your MX2 wrap-up here on the AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show. Um, we've got Lee Hogan coming up in 10 minutes. Hogan's going to jump on and chat for a minute, and then we've got Jet Olsop coming up as well, your MX3 uh, moto winner, and uh, a bit of a crazy weekend for Jet. But, um, Zane, let's shift our focus. We'll go to MX1, which you are obviously a part of. Where did you end up this weekend? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> no, come on, let's hear it. Nah, you I had a I had a rough weekend. I've I got twenty second in the first moto, crashed three times in the third moto, and twenty second in the last one. So wasn't a good weekend for me. Okay. But um, there you have it. Yeah, yeah probably not the best weekend. No, nah, we'll, um, we'll but <laughs> <laughs> let's before we get into MX one, um, you're a privateer. Yep, I don't think. Well, I mean, I know a lot of people listening know what it's like to be a privateer because let's be real, most people in Australia are privateers. Yep. But there's a difference between being a privateer and racing locally and doing their thing. You know, you are um, one of these guys that I, I really like your model because you race, you have relationships with Yamaha, with Brisbane Motorcycles, you do uh, some marketing work, some PR, some filming. Um, you have a real job and that all culminates in the Zane Dunlop brand and program, which I dig because there's a lot more ways to skin a cat than people just going, if you're not a top 10 MX1 guy, you can't have any involvement and do cool things in the sport. Um, so what's your program? How do you make it work? Talk about it. So the Zane Dunlop program is pretty much do anything, that, do whatever you love and do a lot of it. So I race... Oh, I like that. I race... Uh, whatever I can, whenever I can. I love racing and and I I film on the side. I actually, like for a bit of context, I work for Brisbane Motorcycles. I do their PR and their, their socials and their filming and all that. We actually run their YouTube channel. So if you want to see some cool videos, you can check that out on YouTube. But um, yeah, so pretty much I've been racing my whole life and, and I broke my back in 2014 or something and picked up a film camera and learned how to film and Filmed for a few years for your Reeves Honda team during Supercross because uh, I don't want to race Supercross after breaking my back. Because I kind of, I think I originally met you as Zane, like content guy. I don't yeah. think I knew you as like yeah, no, like most racer likely. guy. You know, yeah, no, that's where I got a got a lot of my contacts was I knew how to film, so I got to know everyone, and then you know it was like, hey, you know, I, I also ride. Uh, can I have some gear? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I'll do this video for cheap yep. if you hook me up. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I, I developed a lot of relationships through that, and now I, I work at I work at Brisbane Motorcycles uh, in in uh, some capacity, uh, which is uh, I really enjoy. You know, I love that job. It's uh, it's definitely one of the dream jobs. But on the side, I, I work as a concreter. My old man's a concreter, so to pay pay the bills, you know, it's an expensive sport. So. Yeah, I was going to say you need some form of substantial income to go racing. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's getting paid to train. It's that hard, so it's good for me. Yeah, yeah. We talked about that this morning. You're like, yeah, I'll be there, but I've been, I've been, you know, just been uh, on the shovel, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. So, 
yeah, that's pretty much uh, pretty much what I do, and you know, I, I love doing it, and you know, not being in the top ten, obviously, I want to be up there and race better, but I love racing, and and what what else am I going to do? You know, I may as well race while I'm young, and uh, you know, keep going. No, it's awesome. Like I said, and and there's so many guys like realistically outside of those eight nine factory guys everyone's got a story yeah exactly you know? and, and australian motocross is built on privateers like pretty much you know from from the from even like, like you got harwood in six and built from their back it's 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 all privateers and that's what keeps keeps the sport running and and you know the, the factory guys over here they're they're factory, but they're they're also not they they know what it's like. They haven't got practice mechanics. They're not they're not showing up to a fully prep facility and racing like being close with Dean this year. He's not he's not a he's not a Eli Tomac or, or a Dylan Ferrandez. He he knows how to work on his own bike. He works on his own bike. He, he's a, he's a good dude, and and that's what they're all like. They're all the same. They are, and that that isn't. Let's segue into that. But like you look at look at the weekend, and and we're gonna get Lee Hogan on the phone in a minute. We'll chat to Hogs a little bit about um you know, about his take on MX1. But to me, now obviously watching it back on TV probably gave you a different perspective. But man, um, you compare the, the Blue Crew trio out front, Ferris's bike, I don't know if it looked any better than the CDO Yamaha bikes, but they were on another level. Yeah, they were probably the best riders, but you got you got beaten, you got Webster. It just looked to me that the Yamahas were just a little better everywhere then the Hondas, and then you saw Gibbsy. Like, Gibbsy in the first moto, I was like, Gibbsy's going to the front. Like, he put those two, three laps in at the beginning. I don't know if you saw much on TV. Yeah, yep, yep. And he was head down and going. And I'm like, all right, Gibbsy's going to join the party. And then all of a sudden, it looked to me where he was like, either the bike's not going to let me do this for 25 minutes, or or I'm going to blow up. And he just kind of settled into fourth. And But it looked like Cloudy, Tanny, and Ferris, even though Tanny had that crash in the first one, you know, it just looked like the the bike was allowing them to do it on that track. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. Which again, so like, what was your excuse? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, my excuse is I'm not as fast as. Them. <laughs> but um, I wouldn't say they're they're the three best riders by by any means because uh, beaten is, like on on the day. I meant yeah, not, yeah, yeah, not yeah, in general, but yeah, yeah. definitely. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what it is, but I reckon you could put Dean on a on a sewing machine and he'd go out there and do well. Do well, but you look at what yeah. you look at last year, and and this isn't me talking bad on that Honda team. You know, Yurive, fuck, he's done incredible things. Just got his first win in the states with Max yeah. Anstey. They are not shy of hard work, but with 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 Ferris being quite vocal about that setup not working for him last year, they, they just couldn't. You know, and this is more what I'm getting at with, with where I'm trying to actually make sense at this point. When the bike's on, that Honda's amazing, right? But then you notice on the weekend for Beaton, he was just so far off a bike setup that he was capable. You could see all weekend they were searching, right? Yeah. Um, you go, obviously the Yamaha's got this more blanket deal where it seems to work well everywhere. Maybe not exceptional, but well. Whereas the Honda right now seems to be either really working well or or it's quite far off. And I'm sure that as the season progresses, Beaton's going to bridge that gap, kind of like Ferris did last year. But um, it's interesting to see the contrast, you know? Yeah, it is. It is, definitely. Um, yeah. The new Yamaha is, is an amazing bike. It, it's definitely it's definitely different than last year, but 
the engine package on that thing from standard. I just ride a, a bog stock bike. I got a standard exhaust, standard gearing, standard foot pegs, everything, and it's it's awesome. And I know Dean. I don't know what he's on now, but he was on a standard bike for the longest time, and he had zero complaints. So, yeah, I think literally like uh, behind the scenes, he's got obviously there's Akropovich on there now, and I think he's had a little bit of motor work done, and he's had some some things you know starting to elevate the program slightly, but. Man, like it's four rounds in, it, it wasn't slowing him down anywhere else riding a stock bike, and he was getting hole shots. And I mean, man, that I think it was the second moto when he pulled that monster hole shot. Did, did you see how big that was? No, I didn't actually. I was at the back getting roosted. <laughs> All right, well, to <laughs> give you some down. perspective, like he was a gear shift and bike links ahead by the second to third shift, like he was already. Because obviously he had a bad start in Moto One, which that was why he had to come through. Yeah. Which I think that was the most impressive ride of the weekend for him. Clearly, like going from he went he was seventh on lap one, dude. That's insane. And he passed every. It wasn't like he passed Medi, Gibbsy, um, obviously Tanny and Clout. Yeah, I think Tanny and Clout had some had some incidents when he got up to him because I was chatting to him today about it, and he said that he kind of got handed it. Like, well, he got a two for one. He got yeah. Clout in the after the finish, in the switchbacks, yep. and then literally um, looked up, went across the start straight. Tanny got caught up with the lapper. Oh, okay. So like, yeah, he got a two for one, but you you know he didn't luck into that. No, like, you, he, you don't. Yeah, come from sevens to first and luck into it. He, and he won the other two motos, so he definitely definitely earned it. But yeah, it was it's good to see Dean like back to the level of Dean. It's good for Australian motocross to see Dean at that level. And, and obviously, Cloudy's coming back. And man, a Luke Cloud in peak form. I would love to see a 2020 Luke Cloud versus a 2018 Dean Ferris. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I hang out with um, Raylene a lot, Luke's mum, because where where I commentate, wherever I go get my sound system, like she's always working with the scoring crew. Yeah, you know, yeah, Raylene's travelled the, the circuit for years, right? So obviously she's team Luke and we always chat because I just go to her I'm like hey what's going on this weekend like where's he at and she'll tell me and she sort of said like a bunch of times and and I know I spoke to Ford Dale on the weekend and they worked on some things with him gripping the bike with his legs because he still doesn't have feeling fully in that leg he broke last year um so what they were saying was because he wasn't able to squeeze the bike he was getting tired and getting arm pump because he he wasn't riding like he normally rode but then on the weekend it looked like like you said like old school Luke Clout like aggressive elbows amazing technique and man it it just looked like he was doing it again yeah I actually have the same injury as Cloudy I compounded my fib and tib uh, in 2019 oh man that's no fun nah and it's not fun at all (laughs) and it took a good two years to get it right and it still aches on a cold night like tonight yeah yeah well we're sitting in my my outdoor area because of um yes we don't want my kids jumping into the show (laughs) but um yeah look i again should he have come back for supercross and probably not um and then he has his thumb injury like it just kind of snowballed but you know clearly he needs to stay healthy this year um he needs to build. Um, is it his year to regain his championship? Probably not. Um, but, man, can he get some moto wins now? Can he get some momentum going? I think so. Yeah, I definitely think you see Cloudy return to form. This will be a building year, and then next year he'll be on fire. And I think, think, he, think he stays here next year? I think. I'm not sure. I have no idea. But I hope he does. Oh, I heard I he's he, very keen to go back to the States. Yeah, he's definitely a good Supercross rider. So that would, And be, I think with World Supercross, like he would want to be on that kind a, of AMA. and That's a great program to be on. Oh, World yeah. Supercross. Like you look at Roxon just announcing 
I've signed a $50 million contract for three years. Yeah, like I'm I have unlimited 2025. Money. Like, <laughs> and yeah, everyone's like, oh, we're going to do outdoors. And then they're like, actually, I'm just going to go do more Supercross. Yeah, that, that seems good. Um, all right, let's run through uh, the top, um, top 10 in MX1. So we've got Dean Ferris in first, won all three motos, great weekend for Dino. And then Cloudy, a resurgence, actually getting second in all three motos. I didn't. I thought Tanny would have got up in there, but, you know, it was a crazy weekend, really, with racing between them three. Uh, but the results do not reflect. Like, it looks like a boring weekend on paper, but it wasn't. Oh, it definitely wasn't, dude. Um, just to touch on Tanny, before I interrupt you to go back to that, but, man, um, like, he gave it his all probably should have won at least one moto and it just really didn't go his way did it he just got drew, drew the short straw like he put every in all time the effort rode so well and it's just it's, it sucks to see it go down like that but that's racing and he knows that yeah i mean you know so uh keep going with the uh, top 10 so we've got jed beaten in fourth actually a good comeback after day one like getting eighth in yeah eight moto. and it wasn't like an eighth it was like eighth and everyone was there it was yeah. like half a lap behind Eighth. Yeah, it's good to see Uri. Obviously, that team has elevated in the past few years. It's it's on par with CDI, if, if not better. It's it's good to see them be able to turn that around. It's not an easy feat to turn that around from you know going eighth to then two fourths. It's it's really good to see, especially with competition like Kurt Gibbs and and Toddy and, and Medi and all that. So it, it's it's good to see them get turn that around and, and get up in there. In uh, fifth, we've got Kurt Gibbs. Good moto one, as you as you said, and and yeah, just struggled a little bit in the in the second and third moto. I think I heard him say he just didn't have the best weekend. I seen him laying on the track in the last moto after he lapped me. So, <laughs> <laughs> him and Harwood had a battle to the death in one of those motos when I was watching them back today. It looked like they were just trying to trying to hang on for everything. Man, Harwood is um, so understated, isn't he? I like. There's all this praise about all these privateers doing well, but he's in sixth overall. And he is as privateer as they come. I'm pretty sure he flies home and he builds houses. He he's does. A he's a chippy. Like, what an animal. He's flying. I know he's flying to the races, but he's a privateer that's flying from a different country to each round. Yeah, it's not like he's flying from Queensland. Like, he's flying from New Zealand. No. Um, and you've got... Um, I remember when he was doing the back-to-back classes Mate. in 2019 or 2018, whatever it was. I was racing MX2 that year and that guy... Well, he was he, in with the shot of the championship. The title, huh? he, was, yeah. uh, he was on Wilson's heels. He was actually like making us nervous. To, well, can Wilson get this? He was well, on the 252 I, re- I remember interviewing him and I was like, dude, you're in the title hunt for MX2. Like, are you going to clip MX1 and just focus? And he kind of looked at me and smiled. He's like, nah, it keeps me warm. <laughs> doing all the classes and I was like what what an animal that's that's uh he needs to go race some 24 hour races or some yeah some sort of endurance but um yeah he was not just like six like comfortably six seven all weekend he's up in there he's definitely one of one of the guys um and then we've got Medi in seventh uh don't know what to say I didn't see much of Medi all weekend it's uh it's 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 tough he's got it's yeah, he's struggling a little bit right now. Um, like I was chatting to him, I chat to Medi all the time because he's just a fucking legend. Um, and he, he got a late start on the year, and and he said he really was paying for that as far as setup and you know the new bike and all yeah, those things. Yeah. He didn't get to ride Supercross because he got injured the first round, and I think they got a late start with just everything because he put his own team together. Yeah, and it seems like the hangover from that is that 
you know, like he won the last motor of the SA state titles the other day. Okay. Uh, and he was really stoked on that. And he was like, I was able to run with those guys. But it just seems that at the moment, he's riding hard and he's not that far off the pace. But you know yourself, like a few seconds a lap in 30 minutes, like it, it adds up quick. Yeah, the problem is those guys up the front, like they're so sharp. They're so on. You've got Jed that's come back from, you know, the MXGP. He's won, races, he's won a race overseas. And then you've got Dean, Clout and Tanny, like champions for the past how many years? And, and, and you slip a few seconds and you end up in seventh and that's nothing to be devastated about but I know many wouldn't be stoked he's not like I as I said I love chatting to him and every time the races are over I want to go see him in the pits and 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 interview him and talk to him talk about his band that he's in he looks like he's in a band yeah his hair's rad but uh and then I'm just like I see him in this pit tent and I'm just like yeah I'm gonna leave them be because he just looks he's not pissed I don't know if Medi's ever pissed he just doesn't look stoked and I'm like I don't want to go throw a voice recorder in his face right now um, but yeah, there's look again. Gilman's going to usually turn things around for Medi, so I think we see him. Does he win like last year? I don't think so. Or sorry, he came close to winning. Tanny won, but is he going to be maybe top five? Could he get a top three? I think it's a you know yes. I think you'll see him on the podium. But we're in eighth, we've got Jai Walker, a man, local kid, killed it. Awesome. He's riding really well. He's always been very fast on the four fifties. I remember actually during COVID, he was running with those guys and. And, yeah, just had a few years of kind of not sure what he was going to do, racing different classes, racing different bikes. But it's good to see him back in the 450 class on a good bike. He's got uh, good people behind him and uh, having a good dig. Yeah, I flew home with his trainer um, and we were having a little chat about Jai and and he actually reached out to me in the preseason when we did the preview podcast and um, and sort of said, oh, don't sleep on Jai. Like, he's, he's coming. And I was like, man, I know he's got the speed but he's got to learn how to do it at a pro level. Um, and obviously jumping from MX1 to MX2 to whatever in the last few years, like he's doing to me what Jesse Dobson did back in the day where he, as a privateer, remember when Dobson had to go 450 yeah, yeah. after one year of like MX3? Yeah. And then he ended up dropping back down to have a second go at his career. Like Jai, it's not like he's doing it the wrong way. He's doing it the way he has to do it. And like, I thought he had KTM support. He doesn't. He, no, he buys no, bikes. No. He buys everything. It's him and his old man out of the van. and Yeah, like the, his trainer was like, his dad's out whoop whoop fishing, yeah, he whatever a, he does to pay, for, yeah, he's, yep. yeah, to, to pay for it, yep. right? So, man, like full blue collar, like... 100%. He had to borrow cooling off me at Albury. Yeah. So, there you go. Um, and yeah, like he got the fourth position um, in that first moto at Albury. Sorry, Hogs is just saying, are we still calling? Um, Nearly there. Come on, Hogs. Yeah, calm down, Hogs. Um. So yeah, hats off to that kid, man. Is he is he going to grow with it? I think he is. He needs to stay healthy this year. He needs to finish all the races, and I think he's going to have a great base. Watch for him at Coolum. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's going to go out with a bang there. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Webster in ninth. Uh, crazy injury. Yeah, that a hole in his bad. arm, dude. I've got. It yeah, was the roost bad. I've got Bruce. I got bruises all down my arms from the, the roost and. Yeah, he's getting an operation on that. I'm pretty sure. I saw that to yeah. clean it out or something. That's gnarly. That's a must have. That couldn't have been a rock. Hey, question: A handguards not cool anymore? They're, yeah, no, nah, they're not. I ran handguards for the longest time because I also ride off road, and I've been just insulted at training. Well, because so. this was me, right? Like when I used to race, you know, twelve years ago since I raced a pro race, but <laughs> far out four fifties, dude. I would have chest protector. I ran out under my jersey, yeah, and I would have um, handguards, and yeah. I did not care because I did not like getting roosted. 
And it just seems to me like none of these 450 guys run handguards anymore. Yeah, I ran handguards a lot, and then I crashed and broke them, and then I haven't bought a new one since. But I, I mean, if I was up the front, I would be running handguards. But then they're also—they're the type of people that would be like, oh, "It's psyching yourself out. I'm going to be in front anyway." So yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe that's why I was never up front. But <laughs> I just—not um, that the handguards would have stopped him getting a hole in his shoulder. Ah, uh, yeah, I, that's crazy. I can't believe that. Yeah, the, the photo was gnarly. Like, Instagram wouldn't even let me look at it. I had to click the, like, yeah, do you yeah. approve to see this, like, content? Yeah. And I was like, oh, what am I going to see? And then I realized it was Webster's, and I was like, oh, shit, that's a, that's a shotgun hole in his arm. <laughs> I can't, yeah. that's That must have been so painful. And he finished the moto on it, and then they, yeah. Yeah, they, they didn't. Uh, which uh, is, I mean, obviously he had surgery, so obviously it was yeah, justified. Legit. Yeah, he wasn't. wasn't but I think it, it was just surgery to clean it out. Like, he'll be yeah. he'll be back at, yeah. at yep. Gilman. Um, who was 10th overall? Uh, Toddy Waters. Uh, he, he Don't ask him about the sponsor banners. He will not be happy with them. No, there were some banners in his wheels. Yeah. In so the Moto one. Yeah. He come past me and I was like, where are the blue flags? But he was battling me. But apparently he was about 14 laps down because he, he <laughs> yeah, didn't pass he me. Was, <laughs> he still finished behind me. He so. was circular. I was trying to, commentating, I was trying to figure out where he was because I was like, sometimes I miss stuff where I'm like, oh, was, like, is he out Surely he's Is not he out front. Is he leading by what? 40 seconds? <laughs> what ha- or did he miss the gate drop? Like, And I'm trying to make sense of it all. But all right, that's your top 10 in MX1. Um, let's call Hoax, get his takes on things. Um, and then we'll talk about MX3 and we'll call Jet Olsop. So we've got, here we go. Lee Hogan coming up. Hello. Lee Hogan, how you doing, mate? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? I'm good, mate. Welcome to the uh, AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show. Um, was a little scattered the last few days, so lining up, uh, I'm glad you responded to my text tonight, and um, and here we are. Yeah, always a pleasure, and uh, I'm always here for you, Joe, just at the end of the phone, mate, ready to go. Hey, man, I appreciate that. Um, even after keeping you up all night snoring and whatnot the other night, I, I appreciate <laughs> Let's it. Let's not go there. I'm not ready. I'm not ready to deal with it yet. <laughs> um, all right, Hoag, so I've got Zane Dunlop here, um, MX1 privateer hanging out. He'll be asking you some questions at some point. But um, look, we've touched on, on MX2, we've touched on MX1, um, but, uh, you know, you're in the booth all day calling the action. And um, what's the hot takes, mate? What are you taking away from this round in a Gilman? Yeah, look, uh, do you want me to particularly comment on any of the classes, MX1, MX2, or MX3? Um, look, we just, we're just going through MX1. We just sort of finished. So right. I think that's a good place to start if you want to go there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I think the, the few standout points to comment on is obviously the domination of Ferris, but the ease in which he did it in when he's in that kind of form he almost looks like he's riding around at about 80 85 percent um and and it was so interesting to watch that dogfight between him and Aaron Tanty where you could you could see if there was you know if 100 percent the maximum you can give Tanty was right on 100 and he was just doing everything that he could to try to break that spell that Ferris currently has and the fight that you can see in him is admirable. You know, he just tried so hard and just a couple of little tip overs. Uh, but, but I think he's going to go away and, and work, you know, even harder to try to come back and, and see if he can do something with Ferris. I, I think the return of Luke Clout was so good to see and getting to have a bit of a chat with him down on the starting line. Um, <clears throat> you could, I could see it in his eyes and hear it in his voice just being right there with him. It's just a, a big 
breath of fresh air and a sigh of relief for him to be back there. And I, I think that's not the last that we've seen of him. I think he's going to be able to keep that form going. And it was good to kick started on a track that he loves so much and where he won his championship from two years ago. So that, that were my main things that I took away from it. Obviously, after such a huge domination for Honda in MX1 back at Wodonga, it wasn't their weekend. You can't, you know, it, it's always going to sort of ebb and flow, isn't it? Uh, I think for Jed Beaton, it was a disastrous day one for him uh, on his form and how he was feeling. And you could almost read in his body language and walking around, you could sort of pick up on the vibe. But he came back. His results weren't great on Sunday, but he was a different rider. And I think how he finished that last moto was a real positive. And Kyle Webster, what a shame. You know, he was charging so hard to end up with that freakish injury that he got from a uh, projectile getting hit into his arm. I'm sure most of you would have seen on on social media what happened to him. That was um, that was a freak one and, and couldn't happen to a, a nicer guy in the pits, unfortunately. Yeah, we were just talking. Zane was saying how brutal the, the roost was um, from a rider's perspective. Um, we didn't touch on this, Zane, but I'm going to ask Hoax this and, and feel free to chime in. Now, Hoax... For me, if I'm if I'm Honda and I'm Jed Beaton and and Ferris and and Tanny, uh, obviously more so Ferris had the DNF just one round ago. Um, I know with the way the he went out on the last lap, I think he still got some points, right? For Dean, did he get points? Nah, he no, got zero. He points. got zero points. Yeah. All right, well that makes uh, it even more uh, kind of mind blowing then that one round later and three gate drops, he is obviously three wins will do that, but. Do you think Honda and, and Beaton are kind of going, what the hell just happened? Like we had the red plate and, and now after a DNF a round ago, this guy's back out front. Like what do you think that does to the team as, so, as far as the game plan? Yeah, look, I, I think personally uh, it, you, you've got to look at the points and you've got to look at where they're at. But I think overall what you're seeing from these riders and whether they're happy or sad comes down to how they're riding, not just, what's up on the point score. So uh, I think the biggest saga that we saw from both Jed Beaton and from Yareev was the form that Jed was in on that first day. But let's not forget, he made everyone look fairly silly at Wodonga. So, uh, you you know, it it comes your way sometimes and then it it falls against you other times. But I think um, you kind of have to uh, go off how you're feeling, you're vibing with the bike, uh, your momentum. And they had some major dramas after Saturday. If, if things continued that way, it was going to snowball out of control. So they made some major changes. And even though Jed wasn't right up at the head of the pack, I think he's got to take away a lot of, um, a lo- a lot of confidence and a lot of positives from how he finished on a track that he clearly was not comfortable with. You know, those boys were a long way off the front three. And I think, yeah, look, you don't want to let Ferris get too much confidence and get on a roll because we've seen what he can do. Appen could have quite easily been three wins from three starts if it wasn't for that uncharacteristic tuck of the front end where I honestly feel Ferris was trying to destroy the rest of the pack and win by half a lap rather than slowly put them to bed like he did on the weekend. I think it was a lot smarter ride from Wodonga, uh, sorry, from Maitland on the weekend. Um, Appen, if you recall back to his speed there, I think that that was, that was what could have potentially put him on the ground. So they're, they're well aware of when he's riding like that, 
uh, you kind of have to break the momentum of Ferris. So it's uh, yeah, it's an interesting time, and we're easing up towards that mid part of the season where someone really needs to sort of stamp their their authority, and and uh, no one wants to sit back and let Ferris do it easily. Yeah, I think Jed should really look at it as like it could be a lot worse. He's only nine points down. We've got we're halfway through the season, and he's still in with a shot. If Dean finishes finishes third, fourth, fifth in that moto, it's it's 29 points and it, it is, looks like he's starting to sail off in the distance. So you can only look at the positives and we've got two sand rounds coming up and uh, there's not many more tracks that are, that are baked in hard pack like Maitland. So I think he's he's in with a good shot. It's, it's definitely not over yet. And, and I mean, I have thought that, right? Like you look at, um, obviously, Gilman is going to be sandy-ish. It's not sand, but like you said, it's sandy. Jed's going to be strong there. Then we go to... Uh, Toowoomba, um, QMP. I think Toowoomba and QMP both have the potential to have mm. a little bit of a resemblance to what we had on the weekend, uh, potentially, depending on the weather. Well, I was going to say perhaps because, you know, they are more natural terrain, like what Jed's been riding in Europe. Um, and then obviously Coul- Coulomb's deep sand, like Ferris is fast as hell there. We know that. Not like Ferris is going to be slow at any of these rounds, but I do feel that perhaps at Gilman, and then especially after Gilman, if, if anything's going to switch back to Jed's favour, it's probably going to be the faster Queensland tracks. Yeah, I think we've seen at last year with QMP, it was just long, straight line, deep ruts. And Toowoomba, I'm a local, I've, I've, I'm not local, but I've ridden there a fair few times, and we raced there a few weeks ago, and it was they they missed the water on the track, and we still had long, straight line ruts. So I think we're going to see that much of the same. So it will be that greasy, baked, baked uh, kind of in some spots, but you'll be locked into a rut. For sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I think Jed, uh, you know, he's shown that he can ride most surfaces. I think Ferris is very dangerous at Toowoomba. We've seen how fast he is there. I can't remember. Correct me if I'm wrong, and you being a local there, but uh, I can't remember the last time he's been beaten there in a moto, let alone an overall. He's been uh, he's been pretty phenomenal there, and he seems to get his start styled most places. But but that being said, I think. Jed, we've seen him this year look comfortable on all surfaces. He obviously, you know, knows how to ride the sand, but he seems to have amazing line selection. I just, I was a bit baffled with how he pumped up and couldn't find form on Saturday when I was watching him in practice and qualifying. He was finding some really innovative lines that no one else could find on the track. So, yeah, it was a, it was a bit of a mind boggle to tell the truth what happened on Saturday. And I don't know if there's more to read into it or just plain and simply just couldn't find his form. Yeah, it's um, it's going to be interesting to see if really where it goes from here. It's like, okay, is is if the bike's on and Jed's happy, he's going to be winning. And, and you know, we've seen him. He'll win Super Pole. He'll – the AMX Superstore's top 10 pole shootout, should I say. But he'll – He'll put that one lap in. He'll he'll factor into the pole position in normal qualifying. He can win motos like dominated in in the worst conditions of the year. But then I'm like, okay, arguably was bike setup really a factor at Wodonga? Like probably not in that first moto. It was just a case of you know his skill set. He could have been riding anything. He's always been good in that stuff. Yeah, too. even when he was back here, he always dominated. Well, yeah, like he grew up in Tassie. Like that's a that's a normal day in Tasmania. <laughs> like, um, but. Yeah, I, I'm like, okay, part of me is like, okay, is he going to figure this out consistently or is it going to be bike set up and he's on and he's winning or he's off a little bit and he's riding around in fifth or eighth or fourth? Like it was just, it's hard to put pinpoint it and I know he's got so much more to give, 
be interesting to see if he figures it out. But Hogs, I just wanted to have you on for a minute, mate, because we're um, yeah, absolutely. I know you've got a lot on, and and I've also got other guests to get to. But um, let's put you on the spot. We'll finish up MX One now, and we'll talk Gilman as a preview, super quick. Um, what do you envision happening at Gilman? Um, what's your picks? Yeah, look, I envisage a bounce back from Jed Beaton. I see a slightly softer track, and and in my opinion, the best prepared track from last year was Gilman. I think they did such a fantastic job. So we're going to have, you know, a little bit of moisture. Uh, we're going to have lots of lines to choose from, and when that track is prepared properly, it gets a little bit of, you know, softness to it. I think we're going to see a, a very hardworking Jed Beaton uh, come out swinging. Um, as to whether he comes out on top or not, I, I don't think, in my opinion, that Gilman is, uh, and look, he could prove me wrong here. I don't think Gilman is one of Dean's favourite tracks. I think we're going to really see him shine come the final three rounds. It's going to be so hard to stop his momentum. If Dean can figure up somewhere in the top two or three at Gilman, where we can expect super strong rides from, I believe, Jed, but Aaron Tanty, super strong at Gilman. That was his turnaround point of the season last year, if you remember how he fought off such a strong Brett Metcalf on home turf and came through with the win and that really turned his season around and helped him clinch that championship, I believe. So um, Dean Ferris really struggled last year uh, at the Gilman circuit. So I think, yeah, I think that's going to tell a big tale how he performs there. Yeah, it will be interesting, mate. Um, I I think you're pretty spot on, to be honest. I think Webster's going to be fast there too. Um, Meddy is definitely going to be fast there. Waters is usually pretty strong there too. Like, I feel that I had it out, not had it out, but the last podcast we did, I was saying to Zane, you know, I had Darnell and, and Posty saying, there's still five or six guys that can win motos in MX1. And I'm like, there isn't now. Like, there's literally two or three. Um, and maybe Gilman's going to be the last shot of the year where I feel a, a Metcalf or a Gibbs or a Waters might have of getting that moto win because I feel like after this weekend coming with, with Gilman, it's probably going to be down to Ferris and Beaton and uh, Tanny, I would maybe say. Tanny, maybe Clout. Like, but yeah, it's yeah. that window of winning your moto is is slowly closing for those guys. I think that pointy end of the field in MX One has gotten that a little bit pointier, and, and you're exactly right. There's a small select group that they're pushing themselves that hard, and they're focused now towards the championship. That it's just raised that level a little bit. Um, talking to Medi, and in my opinion, I would just be so stoked to see him up on the podium. Just a, a podium for his home round would be fantastic when we've already seen Kirk Gibbs and Todd Waters earn themselves a podium back at Wodonga. It'd just be great to get Medi up there on a podium at his home crowd, you know. It would be fantastic. Everyone, everyone wants to see Medi. Everyone wants to see Medi on the podium. He's uh, he's a legend, and I think this is probably where we see his season turn around a little bit too, at Gilman. But uh, Hoax, thanks for coming on, man. Appreciate you taking the call, and um, we will catch up with you in a few weeks in SA. My pleasure, buddy. All the best, and yeah, we'll catch you over in Gilman. Sounds good. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Lee Hogan there joining the party here on the AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show, and I just like to get his take, Zane, because he's so knowledgeable and. Um, and like I said, been traveling around with him and, and doing the deal now as far as um, working with him with the BCP Honda coaching program. Um, he's pretty smart, man. Yeah, he's, he, got, he's got 
some smart takes and he, he's always on the ball. And uh, just one thing mm-hmm. I would correct him on. Okay. At Toowoomba Sunshine State Series, Tanny got Dean. He did. In the first two motos. Yeah. In the last moto, Dean won it. Him and Gibbsy had a good battle, but... Yeah, I, I wouldn't sleep on Aaron when it comes to the Queensland rounds either. No. We train at QMP every week, so no, it's going to be good. Yeah, Aaron's going to be fast, man. Where's he at in the championship right now? Uh, he's third. He's 26 points behind him and Gibbsy are tied for third and fourth. And then, so, Beaton is how many behind Ferris? Nine. 27. So, for 10, he's, oh, he's not out of it, but he needs to start winning. Yeah I, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see him up there. It's a long series. I mean, if... Dean can pull twenty six points out in, in four rounds. He can he can lose twenty six. So have we seen what happened on the weekend with Tomac? So it's uh, yeah, it's far from over. Man. Far from over. Far from over. That was wild. All right, guys, let's move now to MX three. We're going to get straight into calling Jet Allsop because um we've shuffled him back a little bit. So KTM Australia's Jet Allsop took his first win. What motor did he win again? First motor. First motor on the Saturday. Right. Hey, how are you? Good, Jet. How you doing, buddy? Thank you for taking the time out. Sorry I pushed you back a couple of times. Um, That's all right. But welcome to the AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show. And um, Jet, let's get straight into it, man. Big win on Saturday, taking the first moto win. Um, crazy weekend after that, but talk about the, the moto win. How did it feel? Uh, it felt amazing. Um, like all the, all the hard work and all the effort. Um, not only myself, but all the people around me are putting in for for this is um is awesome, and just to see it pay off finally, just um it just felt so great when I crossed the line. Now that was your first career win, correct? Yeah, it was. That's awesome, yep. man. And and hey, you didn't um you certainly didn't lock into that win, like you earned that win, dude. Like you guys were battling and um. You, I think you kind of took control of the the race probably three quarters of the way through. Um, sort of talk about how you got to to that point because you were sort of fourth and fifth at, at the opening sort of battle from memory. Yeah, so I think I started the race in about um, probably, I think I was around fifth, and then um, yeah, just um, yeah, just made a few passes, and I think me and Jake went back and forth a few times and then um, I kept going to the inside of the split after the finish and um, I knew if I could just get close enough there to Byron, I'd just I'd make the pass coming into that next corner before the um, pit lane and it, uh, yeah, it paid off and yeah, it got into the lead. I think I led for four laps and put a little gap in between me and Jake after that. Yeah, that's right. Now I remember. So I watched a lot of races on the weekend, so it's all coming back to me. Um, yeah, you and Byron were going at it, and it seemed that, you know, when you got Jake, you were able to get Byron pretty quickly, and, and you did just sort of put your head down and sprint away enough that then Jake and Byron and, and Jack were all kind yeah. of still battling, but you had clear track. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I put about five seconds on whoever was behind me, which I think it was Jake. And, um, yeah, it was, it was enough just to have a comfortable lead and not be worried about what's going on behind me and, um, or having to defend anyone. Yeah, take your own lines and kind of just ride your race. Um, yeah, yeah. But you looked, you know, and it was interesting. I found that um, obviously... 
just a round ago, you were out with injury and you didn't race. I mean, obviously, it's probably a good thing you didn't race in the mud. No one wanted to be that one. But um, I was talking to your dad. I know he was stoked that the bikes didn't get trashed and everything else. But, um, you know, obviously, you're back to full health. But going from um, not racing at all and being injured for a few weeks to winning, like, that's a big jump. Yeah, well, we didn't even know if I could have made Maitland. But I did have a few solid days on the bike beforehand and um uh my speed was fine and it wasn't wasn't really affecting me on the bike so um uh yeah i suppose i just went into maitland just just like another race and yeah do you think kind of having no expectations took the pressure off a little bit yeah maybe a little bit um because like i know you're pretty you're pretty hard on yourself like i i see um I see that, right? Like, I, I talk to your dad a lot. Like, he's actually one of my favorite people in the pits. He's a fucking legend. Um, but, um, like, I've talked to your dad for a long time. Like, back in the junior days, he's he's always been really cool. Um, and it's like, he knows the potential you have. And I know you know how good of a rider you are. But I also see you can put a lot of pressure on yourself from the outside looking in. It just, that first moto just looked like you were just riding and not, not uh, worrying about anything. You were just in the moment, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think I was just in the moment, just really enjoying it. And, like, it it was just it was so good just to battle with them boys again. Um, like, n- none of us are dirty riders, and it's just it's so fun battling with them. And, yeah, and it, was, it was awesome to eventually take the race win. And I'm just so stoked for that. Dude, yeah, battles are legit in MX3. I've also got Zane Dunlop here with me, um, co-hosting. Um, yeah. But, uh, Zane, how, how's the battles in MX3 this year, man? Mate, it's absolutely outrageous. I remember watching that Moto 1. I'm pretty sure I was on the start line and I was watching on the big screen and I'm pretty sure no one wanted that race. I've seen a lot of people go down and you just took it took it by, by the, the horns, horns yeah. and, and yeah, brought it home. Yeah. So, well done, mate. Yeah, thank you. really appreciate it. Um, and then obviously look, everyone's stoked. Um, you get the win <laughs> and then I'm, I'm on the start straight. Have you got a speaker phone on or what, what's going on there? Uh, yeah, I just got on that speaker. I'm just, yeah. I'm just in my room. Can you yeah. maybe put Do it, you it yeah, put it to your ear, mate. Cause it's just kind of echoing back through, um, through our podcast system. Yeah. Sorry. That's no, all good. Um, all right, you know. so yeah, you know, like I said, Saturday, amazing, you know, everyone's stoked, you know, you win. And then Sunday rolls around and um, you go out for the sight lap and then all of a sudden I look up and you're pushing your bike across the start straight. You've got no peak on your helmet. <laughs> and I'm like, what What just happened? Like I figured you must have gone down on the sight lap. But then I talked to your dad and he said that because um, obviously the start straight was super long but they was cutting you guys off halfway to join the the track for the site lap and he said you just came in too hot on your practice start and and ended up like going over the bars or something yeah so i did the practice start and um the start straight looked super grippy but it 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 was real greasy and um i think i just gave it a bit too much front brake and front wheel just locked up and i was I was pretty much just doing a scorpion straight in front of everyone. <laughs> your dad said that you headbutted the bars so hard it knocked your it, it ripped the electric start off the bars. Yeah, it um <laughs> pretty sure the peak on my helmet um like it broke my start button. 
so I couldn't start the bike. <laughs> so that played in later on because when you were coming through yeah. the field and you came together with Seth Birchall, then you couldn't start yeah. your bike. Yeah, so I was coming down that straight and I, I, I came in a little bit too hot. I got a little bit of whiskey totter when I was backing off and then, um, yeah, unfortunately I came together with Seth and, um, yeah, the bike stalled. So I'd, I didn't know the rules, so I I just waved one of the flaggies over to get a bit of a push and, um, and yeah, is that, is that classified as outside assistance? Yeah, I guess it is, hey? Yeah. Because I saw yeah, you yeah. sort of run off the track and try to bump it. And, yeah. and then once it didn't go, I was like, oh, this isn't good because that thing's obviously hot and got heaps of compression. Like, that's not going to bump start on a flat piece of ground. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there wasn't much like of a downhill to to push it. So I, I, ne- I did need that help to start it. Wow, what a contrast, eh? From winning to to headbutting your handlebars, and and so w- what position were you passing for with Birchall? That would have been what was it fourth or fifth? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was um, yeah, either fourth or fifth. Because you were going yeah. to the front. I I can't remember exactly where you were, but I know you were going forward at the time. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was. I think I was closing in in that top pack there, and um, yeah, just un- in unfortunate event. Um, but yeah, gotta gotta learn from the mistakes and try not do it again. Yeah, I guarantee you won't do that again. Uh, we don't worry. We nearly did it, and I nearly did it actually on the first start because I was trying to get my gear changes right, and I slammed the brakes on yeah. and nearly slid into the flaggy. I didn't try to yeah. turn. I just went. I'll go through. Well, you guys have got in your head. You're like, this is a fifth gear start straight. Like you've got another mm. whole two yeah. gear shifts, yep. and then all of a sudden there's flaggies there and you're cutting off. Um, I saw a lot of people anchoring up. I mean, yeah, yeah, I've seen it to make you feel better. I remember I used to do some work with the Raceline uh, KDM team back in the day with with, uh, marketing and PR and stuff. And they brought over um, uh, Henry Miller from the States, uh, Josh Osby and Henry Miller at Marvel Stadium in 2019. Do you remember this? Yeah. And, And Henry Miller flew in from the States, first practice, start practice, you know, the long Marvel Stadium start straight. Yeah anchors up, yep. fucking cleans someone out with him and really? blows his arm out and doesn't even ride. Like, and, wow. and so it's not, you know, it's definitely happened to other people. It's not just you, bud. Um, it's a, it's part of the game, but um, yeah, it definitely a contrasting weekend, but this is what MX3 is for, man. You got to learn. And um, yeah, that's it. I think what you're doing, you know, I talk to your dad a lot. Like I, I don't say, um, I'm not discrediting people that are winning championships in MX3 and winning a lot of races, but I feel the teams and the manufacturers, like you've been with KDM for a long time. And yeah, well, I've never ridden a, another bike brand. Oh, there you go. Um, and, you know, now you're part of the factory program in MX3, like you're sort of the official MX3 guy on, on the on the team with, with KDM Australia backing. And yeah. to me, you're doing everything MX3 riders supposed to do. Like you're developing... You're winning races now. You're you're yeah. learning. Like I don't think winning a champ. Like yeah, are you gonna take a championship? Like of course you would if you get it. Like Caden did great, but not everyone's career trajectory is on the same path as Caden. Um, mm. But you're doing what you need to do, and I think as long as you keep showing promise and keep progressing like you are, like it will it will keep progressing for you. Um, so yeah. you know, don't stress. I'm, I'm, like I'm coaching you, but whatever. Like don't stress about what happened on the weekend. But um, it's part of the game, man, and. 
Well, where did you end up in the mud race? Because I can't remember. Um, where did you end uh, up? Yeah, so I was running, um, I think I was in fourth. Because a few of the boys went down and um, I was right there. Then it started raining and on the real slicks. Yeah, so talk about that because you guys started the race like a normal moto. It was pretty good weather. And then all of a sudden this freak storm cell rolls through and it pretty much just rained on you guys for 20 minutes and then went away. Um, yeah. Were you out there just like, what is going on? Yeah. So the track started off like absolutely perfect. And then um, like five, five or 10 minutes in, it just started bolting down rain and, um, yeah, I was like, what is going on? And then all the real shiny spots got super slick and everyone, people were sliding out everywhere. Because there and, was like um, um, Kai Woods just kept riding it like it was a tacky, like he just, it was like he didn't see it, it was raining or slippery and he went yeah. from wherever he went to to the lead, like just past everybody. He passed, he passed four people in like yeah. two <laughs> And I'm just like, this kid is not, this is not going to work. You can't ride like this. And then, yeah. sure enough, the two turns later, he's on his head. Um, but, yeah, the track went away real quick. Yeah, it's like within a matter of a lap or two, it was like it was like an ice skating ring out there and you just kind of had to like sort of trail ride it. But you could still push in the, um, in the tacky spots. But where it was shiny, it was like, like quarter throttle at most. Yeah, right, for real. Um, cool, man. Well, hey, um, appreciate you taking the time out to, to come on, Jet. And um, Thank you. Uh, you know, like I said, uh, I've, I've, you know, we've hung out a little bit. We spoke a lot. Like, I talk to your dad all the time, and, and I was just really stoked to see you take that moto win and, and, and the next step forward in your career, man. And, and the overall's coming, and, you know, just stay away from that front break on the start straight, and you'll be fine yeah. right forward. <laughs> and, um <laughs> Good to see you, bud, and uh, keep up the good work, and we'll see you in a few weeks at Gilman. Yep. Thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries, bud. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. See, see ya. ya. All right, guys. Jed Olsop there, rounding out the guests on the uh, AMX Superstores Pro MX Review Show, and um, let's go to MX3 now, Zane. Um, obviously, Jet took the win in one of the motos. Did He, he didn't land on the overall podium, obviously, because of the DNF. So what was the, the overall... Uh, so we had Campbell Williams in first. He had That's a, right. Campbell yeah. got the the win. Good re- good return to form, I think, for Campbell Williams. He definitely needed that. He's been uh, he's been a mainstay in the in the MX3 class for a while now. And last year he was kind of like the favourite to win. Well, I talked to him on because I seen him on Sat uh, Friday, and um, I haven't really had a chance. Just haven't really crossed paths. And I was like, what's what's going on, man? Because I was like, you you don't. I haven't seen you look like you did at the start of last year. So I know you've been injured. Like, what's going on? And he was like, man, no one knows the injuries I had. He's like, I, I had my shoulder, I had my ankle. You know, they weren't small injuries. Uh, and he's like, I just, I just um, haven't been able to get back. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I don't really associate with the MX3 class. They're a little young for me, but yeah, yeah that's unfortunate like, to see. Uh, development years, it can be pretty detrimental to injure yourself that bad. So it's good well, it's not good that. for your career. But an overall and how he was riding, like he finally. Because he's got such great style. It isn't like he's going fast. Very technically sound. I was like, okay, again, like this is what we're actually used to seeing. So it was cool to see him get the overall. Yeah, and I remember at the start of last year, there was like some Vic title rounds where he's 
running with the fastest MX2 riders in the country. Well, dude, he trains with the beaten crew, and and from all intents, I think before he started getting hurt, he was on it last year. You yeah, know? like you said, yeah. he could run with anyone. Um, and yeah, it just went away. So good to see him bouncing back, man. And good for the Empire team too. Yeah, like, yeah, they definitely. Need they've a, had need a bit a of a rough year with things, so for him to get a win, that's fantastic. And uh, we've got Byron Dennis in second. He had a bit of a, he had obviously a really good weekend. But man, I see him throw it down, throw it down a few times. He's man, he's um, he's always been fast, but I feel like his, uh, his care factor of like hanging it out is just elevating. Like he, all of a sudden, is just like I'm just going to throw down, and he, I don't know whether he's just really getting confident, but he's stepping it up. Yeah, I need a bit of that in me. So, <laughs> obviously, he's got a taste for the win, and he, he wants wants it. So, is he still red plate holder? Uh, yeah, he has four points over May, though. So, yeah, okay. We've got Jake Cannon in third. Good to see Jake Cannon back up there. I de- definitely think he wants more. He looks pissed off in every podium. Dude, photo. I interviewed him after Saturday when when he got second, and I couldn't get any words out of him. He was pissed. I was like, you know, I know you didn't get the win, but. It's still awesome to see you on the podium after taking the win last round. Like, you're really starting to, you know, become a mainstay. And he was just like, yep. <laughs> he was like, yep, should have won that one. Yep. Like, there was just steam coming out of his nose. You know the steam nose emoji? Yeah. Yep. I was like, this kid's gnarly. Like, I'm <laughs> like, give me something, dude. And he was just pissed. And I was like, but that's that fire, man. Like, that, yeah. that's what it takes. It's good to see that sort of aggression in a young rider. It's, it's promising for the future because, man, he's local to Queensland and – he yeah, goes very I mean, fast. Yeah, he's always been fast too. Yeah, yeah, ever since he's been coming. Since I remember doing photo shoots with him on a sixty-five and at Mossy's house, and he was jumping some doubles that were outrageous. Yeah, I remember him. I've commentated junior Aussies over the years, and it was like him and his sister in Tassie in like eighteen. A penguin. Yeah, yep. just like yeah, shredding. <laughs> and then uh, Jack Mather in fourth. Now that's actually pretty good for Jack because I seen him about. 400 seconds behind the leader on the first lap of the first moto. Yeah, look, Mather, um, I'm still amazed that he is doing what he's doing because he fully tore his MCL after um, round one. Really? Yeah, did you not know that? I had no idea. Dude, he was at um, Appen in a full knee brace in the pits. I'm not talking about riding. Like, oh he God. couldn't walk. Um, and I've done MCL, ACL. Like, dude, the thought of me riding a bike three weeks later, like, forget it. Yeah. And he's managed to oh, – I guess the tear wasn't crazy – but to the point where they've managed to get it back to strength. And therapy said his, his trainers like built up all the strength. Um, my, my pug has escaped from my house and he's barking. <laughs> Break out. Um, so for Mather to three rounds later be really looking. He said it's pretty solid now. It doesn't really bother him much anymore. Um, it's impressive because that's a big injury to come back from. Yeah. And I, I think. Um to see him up there. I mean, he's on Todd Waters' team, so if you can race, you're racing. Yeah, I mean, Todd is... Todd's yeah. not going to take no, that. No. <laughs> oh, my leg hurts. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, I guess it was a collective decision where this is probably a good year for a title run for him. Yeah. Um, they know that. And he obviously was Supercross champion last year, so it's like, he's young enough for if he can get through this injury, he's going to be okay. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, we've got Kobe Drew in fifth. That's awesome to see. Uh, I train with Kobe, and I think, He's definitely capable of better, and that's where he should be. It's It's been a rough start of the season. Is he junior or senior? Senior now. Senior now, Junior yeah. last year. I was meant to ask Jed Olsop how old he is. I forget. 
He's senior as well. He is senior now. Yeah, so he'd be 16 or 17. Yeah, yeah. Same age as Kobe. They were juniors last year. Because that's the one thing about MX3 now where you're like, okay, the kid's winning. You're like, are they going to graduate or are they younger? Because you've got guys like Cannon, who's obviously super young. Yeah. And I think Birchall's like in the middle. I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure Birchall, he's got white numbers from what I see. Yeah, okay. So, so yeah, but to see Kobe up there, I think we'll see more from him come come further down the track. Uh, Travis Olander in six. Great. Yeah, great ride, man. Last motor. Yeah, it was up. I think he, did he lead for a bit? He led for ages. He did, that's yeah, right. He was in front He had the while. pink gear on. I was like, bold choice in yeah. the rain, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, nah, he definitely uh, definitely had a good dig. He trains, I'm pretty sure he trains with Ford's crew as well as Jake Cannon. He does, because he was another really good supercross rider last year. Uh, okay, yeah, he's he, really tall. Yeah, really tall. Really Well, that's tall. why he went through, I remember him going through the whoops, I was like, oh damn, like, you know. <laughs> Is he even hitting them? Yeah. Uh, Jed Olsop in seventh. Obviously, we just spoke to him. Mm. Uh, yeah. Obviously, that the, the DNF really killed his weekend with the overall, but I think the Moto win makes up for that. Yeah, I don't think he really cares. Uh, Connor Tao in eighth. Yeah, man. Look, um, I'm pretty tight with the Tao family, and um, I know they're kind of scratching their head a little bit. It's just in regards to – I know they've been working on bike setup. He's not the biggest – kid you know yep. stature wise and um far out man my dog just walked past and they blew the whole podcaster off the table <laughs> with the power cord um the 23 ktm i feel has been an adjustment for him yeah you know i think he had them ktm set up where he wanted them before the new model and they've been trying to figure that out for him but also he's got so much speed and he whole shots every race um and it's like when he puts it all together it's gonna happen like he won it happen and you're like okay he's passed it and then, obviously, on the weekend, it happened two races in a row um, yeah. where he was leading and went down. So, it's um, – I think, you know, I think he's going to figure it out. Good kid, good family. They're going to figure it out. But at the moment, I think they're a bit like, okay, back to the drawing board. Like, what do we got to do here? Yeah, I think when if you kind of tell, you got to take it in your stride. I mean, it's hard to deal with, but at least he's got the pace and there's promise there. And, it, like, you've seen it with Sexton this year. It, it'll It'll go. He'll figure yeah, it out. He will. As I long mean, as he does. He like, he could potentially, when it clicks, like he could win out the last few rounds. Like it wouldn't 100%, be. He's got the speed. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough being the lead guy and crashing on TV all the time, but he's going to figure it out. Yeah, he's going to learn by being up there. So yeah. that's that's good to see. Uh, Seth Birchall in ninth. Uh, third in the first moto and then 14 points and two points in the last moto. Yeah, I think he had some issues in that mud race from memory. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Understandable. And Ryan King, no idea. Okay, so funny story. Uh, Ryan is how you say it. Ryan. I just found that out. Ryan King is the son of Shane King. Wow. Who is the 1996 500 MXGP world champion. He, that's before I was born. Wow, you're that young. <laughs> how old are you? 25. Yeah, right. That's crazy. When were you born then? 98. Wow. How, I was 10 in 98. You're a fossil. I know. <laughs> um, it was funny because Shane King, this won't make any sense to you because you're young as hell. Um, but obviously, growing up in Europe, GPs were where it was at. And I used to be a Joel Smets fan. So Shane King beat Joel Smets that year. So I actually chatted to, to, to Shane King on the weekend and interviewed him on the mic. And I was like, you know, you got your son out there, like your ex-world champion. How is it? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, 
when I took the mic away and it was quiet, I was like, I was like, by the way, man, I was like, I was a big Joel Smith fan when I was a kid. I really didn't like you that much. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh, mate. He's like, you know, I hope it's not like that anymore. I was like, nah, dude. Like, I was a kid. But you just beat my hero. Like, um, but yeah, so they come over from New Zealand because he is like the importer and distributor of Alpine Styles in New Zealand. Uh, okay. So I know he races with his son over here and they do the New Zealand championships. Um, obviously, his son's not like world champion level. But I think they just enjoy doing it, and and he's obviously riding pretty well to be a top ten MX three guy. Yeah, it's good to see. So it's cool, man. But yeah, there's an interesting backstory to to Ryan King. Yeah, I was calling him Rianne until um, Sunday afternoon, so I feel like a bit of a dick for doing that. Yeah, but I'm glad I only said it once. It's spelled differently, but yeah, um, makes sense. All right, guys. Well, hey, um, hour and fifty minutes. Uh, I think we'll wrap that one up there. Um, Zane, really appreciate you coming down, dude. And That's I right. would like to do this again. You've been a great co-host, and um, and uh, it's been fun. Good perspective, privateer life, you know, out on the track and, and you can do the media thing and and, uh, and add insight and value to, to the show. So I really appreciate it, dude. Yeah, so thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, it's good being on here and, yeah, sharing my soul. Where can people, uh, obviously, Instagram, what's your handle? Uh, Zane Dunlop, Z-H-A-N-E, spelt funny as well. Uh, yep. And Dunlop, like, as in the tyres. Uh, I'm not sponsored by Dunlop, I'm sponsored by Maxis, so don't get that confused. Just a lot of conflicting, <laughs> yes. Uh, Dunlop Media is the media D- company? Dunlop Media on YouTube and uh, on Instagram, and uh, yeah. And Brisbane Motorcycles is the, the PR? Yeah, Brisbane Motorcycles on YouTube as well. That's where you see most of my work, um, but yeah. So there'll be a video coming out of Dean Pressurewater in the driveway that I videoed today. So yeah, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> we won't go there tonight. But um, all right, guys, this has been the AMX Superstores Pro MX review show from Maitland. Um, big shout out to uh, Reese Bud. Congratulations on the win. Um, Jed Olsop, Lee Hogan, and uh, and obviously Zane for co-hosting. And uh, we'll be back with you guys in a few weeks. Thanks for listening. Uh, the numbers have been great on on the on the podcast lately. I really appreciate everyone. Uh, tuning in and listening to all the different forms of content on the Inside Dirt Network. Make sure you check out uh, the Instagram. Go to insidedirt.com.au um, you know, for articles and things on the website as well. And uh, once again, massive shout out to AMX Superstores for supporting our Primex race coverage. Uh, make sure if you're at any of the Primex rounds this year, come to the AMX 10 at lunchtime. We do the Primex radio show, which is where we do a live podcast. And this round we had Craig Anderson, Craig Dack, um, Matt Moss we had some really great guests and a lot of good content and bench racing in that 30 minute window uh, actually went out over the whole venue so you'd have heard that Zane in the pits have we heard us bench racing and talking things yeah no I didn't hear it no <laughs> I was right down the I back was, mate privateer pit oh, yeah, yeah you're out and you might as well be parked <laughs> on the freeway dude um, but anyway with that being said guys check out uh, amxsuperstores.com.au uh, make sure you get to a local shop for all your needs and uh, thanks to those guys for supporting us thanks for listening Much love, and we'll see you guys at Gilman.